Hey, Barstool listeners, you can find every episode of this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. For us, golf is simple. It's a chance to get out and have some fun with our friends. But inevitably, little things have a way of ruining it. The group ahead is taking forever. You can't find the fairway with a map. And the Bev cart is nowhere to be found. And the best way to make a bad day better is Fireball Whiskey. You get their nips, the little shooters. They are great. Makes bad day way, way, way better. Make sure to grab the new Fireball Birdie Shot Club. It's literally a golf club filled with Fireball nips. Put it in your bag. It'll fit right in that side pocket. Drink Fireball nips and have a great time on the golf course. Today, we got Frankie Borelli on the show. It's another edition of Behind the Blog here at Barstool Sports. So if uh, if you've been following along for a couple of years, you know that like every month or so, I sit down with one of the personalities at Barstool Sports and we do a deep dive interview and we, uh, we, we get to the bottom of everything about them, how they ended up at Barstool, how they grew up, who they are, where they're from. And today is Frankie Borelli. You know him as uh, Dave Portnoy's guy. He's the dude behind the camera during all of Dave Portnoy's pizza reviews. All right, Frankie, he's the Frankie. He is Frankie Borelli third. His father is Frankie Borelli second. Frankie Borelli Jr., who is the owner and uh, manager of Borelli's Restaurant in Long Island. It's a family restaurant that they've been in business for like 65 years. So we went out to Borelli's. We sat down. We broke some bread. We had a conversation. Tears were shed. Laughs were had. And there was a lot of insight on how a guy like Frankie, who, let's call it like it is, was a college dropout who uh, was, you know, kind of ready to just work at his family restaurant and deliver some pizzas and make some pizzas and uh, and how he turned that into into much more. It's a great interview for the average guy or girl because. And I don't think I really got a chance to articulate this at any point in the interview because at one point Frankie's dad joins us and it becomes very emotional and it was a very nice like send off. So we just kind of ended the interview there and there was still a few points I wanted to make. And that's that Frankie is so much smarter than I think he ever gave himself credit for until he got to Barstool. And while you'll have to watch the interview to understand that's him his story specifically i think there's a larger discussion to be had for um what it takes to like make it in this world like like knowing frankie now he is like this funny dude who's dynamic and can read a room and understands the situation and knows how to like timing on jokes and conversations and he knows how to behave when he's in a room full of fucking you know executives with dave portnoy or a a room full of models or hanging out with the boys so he's smart he's quick he's savvy and i think you know prior to coming to barstool he probably would would have talked down on himself you know he does you could hear it in this interview he's very much like myself he's like he's half irish so he's got that irish catholic guilt in him where it's like I'm an idiot. I'm a, I'm a, I'm just an average nobody, you know, like who am I can't take a compliment, that sort of thing. And I think, you know, when he was like 19, 20, 21, 22 years old, he was probably like, yeah, I mean, who am I? I'm just Frankie Brelli. I'm going to make some pizzas, you know, from long Island. I'm just going to, uh, you know, deliver pizzas, do the family business and uh, you know, pay my taxes and one day die. Cause like, who am I? And then he got this opportunity, and I think you learn when, you, when you're around Frankie that he's, like, so much more than that. Like, I think he's one of the funniest fucking guys at the whole company. I think he could join my show and my podcast tomorrow. I think he could do a one-minute man series, like, type of thing. I think he's that 
sharp and witty and understanding and like a cut above everybody else. And I, I, I'm like so happy that he got the chance to come here and to, and to see that side of himself. And even if he doesn't admit it in the interview, I think there has to be some acknowledgement on some level that he was more than what he ever thought he was going to be. And I think there's so many people like that now where it's like, there used to be so many barriers of entry to achieve something, to get to a certain level, to get a certain job, to make a certain amount of money, to get a certain level of fame. It used to be like you had to go to a certain school, you had to get certain grades, you had to know certain people and, and you know, all of that sort of gatekeeper shit. And I think all of that's gone now. I think you still have to have, you know, a wild amount of talent and drive and determination. But with the advent of, you know, the internet and your phone and the ability to just reach people and do what you do best. And like, if there's an audience for it, you will grow. If there's a market for it, there will be money to be made. And like, I think the first thing you got to do though, is just like, give yourself like, gotta, I mean, it sounds so corny, but it's like, you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe you can do it. And when I watched a guy like Frankie, if Frankie Borelli, who can become Dave Portnoy's right-hand man, who could become one third of the biggest golf podcast on the planet, who could become one of the funniest guests on my podcast I've ever had, who could become one of the most notable and trustworthy and reliable and funny uh, personalities at the biggest, fastest growing juggernaut media company, you know, that's like maybe ever existed. If, if he, if he was a guy who was like, nah, man, not me. Like I ain't got shit. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm nobody. It's like, well, fucking Christ, man. Not even that guy gave himself enough credit. So I wonder how many more people out there are, are thinking, you know, I ain't shit either. And it's like, and maybe you don't end up being right-hand man to a, a future billionaire, but there's, there's money to be made and like moves to be made. And you don't have to uh, just kind of like fall in line and live that, like just float through life sort of shit. Like ah, I'll do whatever my dad did. I'll do whatever my family expects me to do. I, I don't get good grades. I didn't go to a good school. So I am not good. It's like none of that shit fucking matters anymore. As a matter of fact, I think the people who follow that traditional path is just so like cliche, and boring, played out now. I think it's so much more interesting to find the people who are, who are making their own way, who are just like, fuck it. I'm not going to waste money on school, time on class, things and if and those things are good for you and that's what you need, then like all, by all means do it. But there's just so many more avenues now, so many less barriers of entry that you, you've got to do it, but only if you're like going to give yourself a shot. And then when I hear Frankie kind of uh, talking, talking down on himself or even to this day being like, I don't even deserve this. It's like, yes, you fucking do, dude. You maybe more than anybody with the amount of shit that you put up with and, and how, how like how, how much you uh, like gave to Dave and Barstool. And like, yeah, man, you fucking deserve it. And I think a lot of other people out there deserve whatever, whatever their Barstool is. Like Frankie wanted to work for Barstool. He deserved it. He just didn't know it or wouldn't allow himself to, to feel it or believe it. Whatever your Barstool is, whatever you like, you can fucking go do it now, man. Like, there is, I know from like just doing what I did, like, I mean, I guess I'm kind of like gonna be Frankie in this like, kind of contradict myself, but like, but I truly mean that there is nothing special about me. I am like the most average middle of the road dude there has ever been. I think actually that's why I am successful. I think I am so elite 
at being medium, at being middle, at being average. There's never been a more middle of the road person than me. I know Nate Bargatze just put his new special out, the greatest average American. And I know where he's coming from, but like, let's face it, Nate Bargatze is one of the most talented comedians that has ever lived. There ain't nothing average about that dude. But his personality and his style and his lifestyle and, and who he is is very average. Like I am average, bro. And that's the only thing that saves me. But because of this world right now and the way it is, it's like I got in a little bit early, got in when I could blog. You know, I, I, start, I started like 12 years ago when before the social media craze, when it was more about you had to go to a website, go to a URL and read someone's work. And I was like, that's the one place I think I'm above average is writing. And that's how I got in. So um, everything after that was just like, I am not that funny, but I'm not like... I'm not that funny. I'm not that dynamic person. I'm not that fireworks on camera. I'm not that. I'm not that. I'm not that. I'm just enough. I'm just enough where I think the average person is like, oh, that sounds like me or that's what I was thinking or whatever, which is why I find it in the same breath as I'm. I, I, so let me rewind. There was a point in time, probably like 2000. Maybe let's call it 11. I started blogging in 08 for my own site. Already, I got called up to Barstool in like 09. So right away, I was at Barstool. And probably by like 2011 was when I really got comfortable where I was like, every take that I give on the internet, I can almost guarantee that the majority of people or enough people agree with me that I'll always, I'll always be good. I would pick a blog topic and my angle would be like, fuck this. It's not funny. And most people would agree with me or enough people would be like, yes, that's right. Or this is really funny. And they would agree or watch this guy. I hate him. I want him to lose me too. And I, I, at the same time as, as garnering enough support for everything I said, I was also very polarizing where there are people who vehemently disagree with me. And I think because of, I don't know. I'm just like a loud mouth New Yorker and I'm very stubborn that Irish Catholic stubbornness where I just like, fuck you. I'm right. You're wrong. We talk loud. We talk fast. And we're always right. Uh, there was enough people when they disagreed with me from other parts of the country and other walks of life, they'd be like, no, fuck you. I hate you, which I think is like the best combination. You have the people who ride with you, who agree with you and, and, and agree with everything you're saying and that whole persona. And then you have the people who hate it. There's no indifference anywhere, you know? So you got enough people who love you and enough people who hate you. Or there's always just then, then these then these these two sides fight, and there's always attention and there's always clicks and likes and retweets and all that shit comments, and this whole thing grows. That that's how I would guess the blueprint for me works, which is why I can't figure out what has happened in this world. I don't know whether. I, actually, I do know. I, I think I figured it all out. I think it's all it all the internet is to blame for all the good and all the bad in the world right now. Because when I look at like when I look at the last week or so, everything ties to one thing and points back to one thing. I'm looking at the Chrissy Teigen story. Chrissy Teigen retired from Twitter because she went through her miscarriage and she's been getting sober. And the internet and Twitter specifically has just been like so nasty to her. And she is someone who's even more polarizing where people really fucking hate her. And they're all of a sudden, it went from like, I don't like Chrissy Teigen because she's rich and I'm not, or like she thinks she's hot shit and I don't think she is, uh, or I don't agree with her politics, to I think that she's a pedophile who eats children. 
I'm like, bro, what? Like you got it. You, you can, you, you mean to tell me if I, if I hook you up to like a lie detector test, if I hook these people up, you if I give, if I could give them truth serum, hit them with that wonder woman lasso, which by the way, is just preposterous. The fact that wonder woman's uh, ma- magical power, superpower is that she has a rope that makes you tell the truth. I mean, is that not the most cliche female shit you ever seen? Like when they finally sat down in like, I don't know, the fifties or sixties or whatever the fuck wonder woman was invented. They were like, all right, we need a female. We need to check what, what is it that if every girl could have a superpower, what would it be like to make men tell them the truth to get boys to stop lying to them? That's the one thing they gave wonder woman, not strength or speed or mind control or time travel. It's like, no boys are going to tell her the truth every time she wants to hear the answer. Anyway, if I could hit those people with truth serum, you're telling me they really believe that Chrissy Teigen eats children. Cause when I, when, so I got in a fight with that toothless chick. There was this chick with no teeth on Twitter and Instagram who was like, KFC, you've been canceled. You're canceled because you like Chrissy Teigen. And Chrissy Teigen, she puts up pictures of her naked baby on her refrigerator. You're going to support that? I'm like, that's your fucking evidence? Is that Chrissy Teigen has pictures of like her babies when they're naked? Like literally everyone has naked pictures of when they're babies. When they're in the tub or they're getting out of the pool, or you're changing their diaper or they're just running around naked. It's like, that's why you think she fucking is a pedophile. She has some tweets about toddlers and tiaras. It's like, yeah, that show is super creepy. It's super popular. So people watch it. And it's ultimately creepy that you're watching little girls parade around. And she commented on that weird dynamic that makes her. I mean, it was just like when I learned that, that there really is a sect of the Internet that truly believes that. And I'm not talking about the deep, dark corners. I'm talking about people who follow me, people who are, who are like stoolies, I would think, who follow Barstool, watch One Minute Man, watch a pizza review, like find themselves in the middle of the, the pack who are like, yeah, no, 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 Chris Teigen, uh, reptile, child eater, pedophile. Are you fucking serious? And then I watched this QAnon doc, QAnon Into the Storm, HBO. It's every Sunday night, nine o'clock. And I thought on this show, going to be perfect i'm a conspiracy guy i'm a tinfoil hat guy i love to talk about what we think is going on beneath the surface what's really going on with the government and the elite and you know there's always a a buck to be made and an angle to exploit and when there's blood in the streets someone's making money and making moves i love all that shit and i look at QAnon. i'm like this is the dumbest fucking bullshit i've ever seen and i used to even kind of tiptoe around that this past year i think i learned like when George Floyd happened, when the riots happened, when COVID happened, all this shit, you had to be, you had to be very careful because you, you voice certain opinions and you lose audience and you lose money, but you have to stay true to yourself and say what you believe. And it's this whole dance where it's like, I, I find myself to be very down the middle politically. Like, and I know that there are people who on both sides who are passionate, who I like respect their opinions and, and want them to be fans and want their business. And and I've come to the like, conclusion that that's not what these fucking loser freaks at QAnon are. Like, if you are, if you really believe in QAnon, get the fuck out. You can get the fuck out. You don't have to download my shit. You don't have to follow me. You don't have to watch me. You don't have to buy my merch. I do not need your support in any way. Do not want it. Do not need it. Goodbye. Like, there is such a stark difference between a normal ass, intelligent conservative and these fucking loser morons 
who claim to be QAnon, who claim to be, you know, this this political party who's like saving the world. I mean, I thought this 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 document, I thought this do- documentary, as I've been calling them, uh, this dude at Barstool, Rudy, he told me that he pronounces documentary, documentary to sound important. And ever since then, I can't get it out of my brain. Documentary sounds like how they say like advertisement or aluminium over in like England, or the UK or Canada. Start saying it, documentary. You say that to your friends and don't don't like correct yourself or anything. Just be like, oh, I'm watching this documentary. And they and they will be like, well, who the fuck is this guy? Shit. This guy must know something I don't. I thought I was gonna watch this documentary and we were gonna learn like who's behind. And it's only two episodes into six, so maybe we will. But I thought we were gonna learn who is behind QAnon and how did these this this post, how did this person posting on the internet garner such power and such a following? And all I've seen two episodes in is a bunch of fucking internet losers. I mean, the prototypical cliche, old, beaten to death stereotype of bloggers and internet nerds. Like we're talking about guys who live in the basement, live with their mom, in, in uh, what do they call them? Incels, involuntary celibates, like never been laid, don't have any friends, mad at the world. They have little man syndrome. Like these guys are fucking assholes. Guys are losers. They're stupid. You're like I I, I I am now, and so my point being that where I used to want I wasn't I wanted to be careful. Like I have my opinions, and I always got to spit them. But I really don't want to lose your business if you if you lean one side or the other. And now I'm like, oh no, I don't give a fuck about you if you truly believe that Chrissy Teigen is a pedophile who eats kids. If you truly believe in the reptilian overlords. If you truly believe in PizzaGate. And that's not to say, like I said. I am a full-blown conspiracy guy. I do believe that there are plenty of pedophiles in the upper echelon of the world. I believe, you know, the, the, the problem with everything with QAnon is Epstein was true. And when one thing became true, everything became true. And I think people with a fucking brain can discern between like, no, 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 this guy who there was always like smoke and there was always fire and they finally made a charge stick and then he mysteriously disappeared. That's very different than just, the ramblings of an internet storyteller that is like 50% right, 50% wrong, and you pick and choose, and you are a dumb, ignorant fucking asshole if you follow this bullshit and believe it. And I can't believe it's even like, I'm like, I I have to say this. I can't believe it's even something where it's like, I have to declare it because it's like, yeah, no fucking kidding. Look at these dickheads. Look at these inbred morons. And, and and people are like tiptoeing around them like well you know we don't want to say anything too political you're like this has nothing to do with politics this is doing straight up common sense these people are fucking dicks and then that that bled into the little nas x thing which skews much more religious than it does political but the fact that there are people out there who genuinely believe that Lil nas x is a devil worshiper who like would subscribe to the you know the dark to the dark tenets of of satanism like you know believing in death and destruction and like <laughs> like bro this guy is an entertainer he's a he's a 21 year old like gen x internet troll who wants to be famous and viral and rich and just like every other act before him whether it's Slayer and Ozzy Osbourne uh, when he was in Black Sabbath when he was in the band and Marilyn Manson. I said this all in one minute, man. This, those are people who are just like counterculture against the man 
want to make you clutch your pearls and freak out, want to be edgy and rebellious. And so they go to the ultimate lengths and they have the tattoos with the pentagrams and the horns and the devil. And it's like, yeah, what's the most extreme badass thing I can do? Be like, you know, be like the devil. It's like Lil Nas X has proven that he's like this flamboyant gay guy who likes fashion and like dancing and fucking sex. And like, if anything, he's, he's like the furthest from that. And there are and the same people I'm seeing. If you believe that Chrissy Teigen eats people and you actually believe in the ramblings of QAnon and you believe that Lil Nas X is, is actually a devil worshiper who's going to take down the world, like you are all below average, well below average, unintelligent assholes who have one thing in common. And that's what I said. I, I, I figured it all out. It's just the goddamn internet. It's just that the internet has connected all of the dumb people in the world and emboldened them and given them a voice and a platform. And now we have to fucking deal with it. It's the God forsaken internet, the worldwide fucking web, which like, if you used to, if, if, if you, if there was one person in your life who was, had shades of QAnon, you'd be like, Oh, that's like my, you know, my alcoholic aunt or uncle. That's like my bipolar cousin. That's my mentally ill teacher. Those are the assholes of the world that I like, I'm going to cut out of my life as soon as I can do so. And with the internet, yeah, that alcoholic teacher links up with that bipolar cousin who links up with your, uh, you know, drug addicted meth head, poor poverty stricken aunt and uncle. And together they form a fucking band. They're like, they're like the homeless, degenerate, decrepit Captain Planet. It's like, like wind, fire, heart. Remember that? It's like drug addiction, bipolar disorder, gambling addiction, racism. When our powers combined, we are Captain Planet. We are Captain QAnon. Like you dumb motherfuckers. And I can't believe for, for so long, like, and maybe, maybe I'm late. Maybe, you know, I, I want to say that it's not to say that like people, anybody was really legitimizing QAnon and like worried about, like, I don't want to upset them, but I do think that there was this, like, there's these blurred lines for a little while between like Republicans and conservatives and QAnon where it's like, you can be a Trump supporter. And if you had a brain and understood what you were talking about and you were anti some of the, uh, democratic principles and, and standards. And that's, you know, why you were voting conservative and you thought that Trump was going to do this, that, and the other thing, like, fine, I get it. I think, I think in this case, uh, it didn't work out for you, but I can understand where you were coming from. And on the other side, you know, if you're a Democrat and you have a brain that functions and you can understand where sometimes the bleeding heart, liberal foo-foo bullshit, where everything is free and nobody has to pay for anything and all, everything is just magically going to be perfect like you can realize that's patently ridiculous too. All of the shit's preposterous. And we're all, all the normal people are somewhere in the middle. I can get down with any of that. It's the extremes. And I think we have, you know, I, I would hope that we have now learned that anybody who, who believes these things and voices this shit on social media and QAnon and all that, it's like, get out of my fucking face. I have to deal with it every day. Like, did you see the comments on One Minute Man, what they're saying about your video? Like, yeah, oh, oh, did the toothless fucking hillbilly inbreds who are, are, are actually 
like mentally challenged based on their IQ? Did I see what they had to say? No, I don't fucking care anymore. Used to be a time where people getting people on social media and people on the internet were kind of like, like hip to the latest shit. You know what I mean? They were kind of cutting edge. They were the people who were going to download the new app, the people who were going to be on Twitter back in 2009, the people who were going to download Instagram first, the people who are going to use TikTok, all these shit. Usually the, that first wave is all people who are like techie and internet nerd and, and young and, and savvy and all that shit. And it got to the point where the internet just grew so big that the way, you know, the, the way that Facebook became the punchline, like, you know, your grandma and your aunt are over there arguing about fake headlines and stupid memes and QAnon jokes on Facebook. Well, that became everything. That's everywhere now. That's Twitter. That's Instagram. That's all the apps that it used to be like just for old people on Facebook. That's everywhere now. And, and maybe I'm just, maybe it's just me realizing it because I, you know, I'm lost in that world. Maybe I'm the only one coming to the conclusion now, but I feel like there's a lot of people out there who still don't realize that what, like nine out of 10 people that you talk to on the internet are, are like dumb fucking assholes that are, they are, they are the, you know, the anti Frankie Brellies of the world. They are the people who, who, who not only did like, they don't go to school, they don't have the teaching, they don't have the understanding and they don't have the inherent intelligence and and awareness and all the shit that like successful people do and this week just it all like came like it all crystallized where it was like you make a video about christy Teigen, you make a video about lil nas x you watch this QAnon doc and everything you're talking about you're realizing it's like oh my god wait a minute every every single one of these people is a dumb motherfucker oh like shit and i see them and this this is the hallmark of them when they when they disagree with you, they say, bad take, bro. Bad take. Swing and a miss on this one, bro. No, man. We just disagree. And I promise you, I'm a lot smarter than you. And like I said, that's not even, that's not, that's nothing to do with me. I'm the most average person in the world. Average intelligence. Average awareness. Average understanding. Average brain power. And I promise you, I'm still infinitely smarter than you. Because you have proven out right here on this app, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on this, on that, on comments, on feedback, on DMs, that you are an uninformed, uneducated fucking moron who has lived a miserable life up to this existence, up until this point, miserable existence, and you need to hang your hat on something, whether it be a preposterous religious religion, a preposterous story from the Bible, a preposterous thing from the, the religion you believe in, or a preposterous political party that has been fabricated from an internet forum, or a dumb urban legend that about the, the celebrity that you hate the most, you have to hang your entire hat, your entire existence on it, because otherwise you got fucking nothing. You have no other way to describe why your life stinks so goddamn much while other people have relatively happy lives. While average people, when I'm talking about the elite, the, the very, the fancy rich people of the world, of course they live better than you because they're smarter than you and they're more successful than you. But the average people, like they don't even have, they're not even more talented than you. They just have a brain. They just know how the relatively normal world functions. They're going to be more successful than you because you are a fucking asshole and a dumb one at that. And so you latch on to these fairy tales and these stories and these things that you can't prove true, but you, 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 you worship a 2,000-year-old guy or you worship a, a fucking internet handle on a forum all so that you can keep going with your miserable ass life. Because I know deep down, if I asked you, you'd have to admit that you're just 
you're just believing complete fucking nonsense. You're either mentally ill and you believe it's true or you're incredibly stupid and you believe it's real or you're somewhere in the middle where you're just being an ignorant asshole and refusing to admit what is basic common sense. So that's that's the Internet for you. It's like Homer Simpson used to say about beer. It, it, it's uh, here's to alcohol, the the cause of and the solution to the solution to and the cause of all of life's problems. That's the Internet for me. The Internet giveth and the Internet taketh. The Internet's going to make me very wealthy one day. The Internet has allowed me to get out of the cubes. The Internet has allowed me to make a podcast and a video series and sell merch and do all these wildly cool things that my average ass self never would have been able to do. The Internet's allowed me to not be a bum ass accountant for the rest of my life. The Internet's allowed me to meet great people. And uh, I'm going to be my kids are going to be set one day because the Internet I've met pretty girls and great people and had great times and met celebrities and gone to events, all the shit that the Internet has completely made possible. It's also enabled the dumbest most uh, destructive, annoying, ignorant assholes on the planet to like have a voice and, and like, and, and bother like normal people on a regular basis. It's fucking crazy. And so on the one end of the spectrum, you have those assholes. And on the other, I think I just set a record for the number of times I said assholes, dickheads, cocksuckers, whatever, whatever, whatever your flavor is there, you know, insert the Mad Libs. And on the other side, you got a guy like Frankie, Frankie Borelli. A dude who uh, is the opposite of all those things, a guy who is self-aware, a guy who is uh, situationally aware, a guy who has who knows exactly who he is and who he's not. Even if he doesn't admit who he is and what his talents are somewhere deep down, he knows him. He knows what he's capable of because he went out there and he did it. And he built a fucking pizza empire with Dave Portnoy and he built a, a podcast, a golf podcast empire with Riggs and Trent. And one of just like the funniest dudes out there. And what's really interesting, and you'll hear it in this interview, is it, it didn't start with Barstool. Barstool's where it came out. Barstool's where it, it took it and it magnified it and it like multiplied it exponentially. But he tells a couple stories in the beginning where you can see from the jump when he was in school and when he was working at the restaurant that like he always had it in him to like take things to the next level. He just got, he just linked up with the right people. Who, who opened the doors to that level. And that's really what life is all about, right? It's like taking your skills, what you can do and what you can offer and just finding the right place to, to you know, magnify it. Because, you know, that's the, the saddest thing in life is wasted potential, whatever, right? You can have all the potential in the world. You don't find the right company, the right team, the right job, the right partner, whatever to, to like show it, express it, do it, uh, actualize it. And, you know, it kind of goes wasted. But in this case, like the perfect personality met with the perfect job at the perfect time in life. And like I always say, when I do these behind the blogs, the story of Barstool, every, the big picture story and every individual story, it's all about timing. It's all about serendipity. It's all about talent for sure. But the timing of when these people find their way and what they bring to the table and how they do it, when they do it, where they do it, it's all, it's all kind of, it's not chance, but it is more serendipity. It's not totally up to luck because there's a lot of hard work that goes into it too, but there's always a huge element of, of luck and, and just the right break going your way at the right time and being ready for it. And Frankie embodies that better than anyone. So behind the blog here on the Kevin Clancy show, you can also watch it over on the YouTube channel, uh, which I, as much as I want you to download the podcast and listen to the show, watching it, uh, it's shot wonderfully by Nick and Jackie and my boy Steve over on Snapchat, uh, multiple cameras, high definition, you know, multiple angles and zoom ins you catch 
Frankie and his dad crying and some B-roll of me throwing pizzas in the air. So it's a really like premium product that uh, I think you should watch. So if you head over to the KFC radio, YouTube, uh, you can watch it. And as a matter of fact, while I got you here uh, and I'm saying that I've been pushing it on Twitter and Instagram, and I've mentioned it here, but I do want to just formally say, cause I really don't try to ask too much of the audience. I, I'm always like, I put out what I put out and if you like it, you fuck with it. And if you don't, you don't, and I'm never going to like ask you to do, you know, do too much, but I am in a place where one minute man has been so successful on, on Instagram. It's the first time I really had something that's like lightning in a bottle or like taking off or like, wow, this is fucking successful. This is what really like going viral and really clicking is like. And on top of that, I've had, you know, podcasts that I've had for like 10 years. I've had this podcast, which I've done for several years on and off and, and all these other, all these other um, pieces of content. And they're all at this point on multiple platforms and all throughout. And it's unfortunate that you can't just get it all in one place in, in one easy spot, because I got to ask you to follow me here on Instagram and follow me on Twitter and subscribe on this and listen on that. So it's a lot, but it still isn't, it's really not all that much um, from, from your guys' point of view. So, I mean, at this point, one minute man every day is on Instagram and that seems to be successful and taking off. And most people have an Instagram account and they're happy to follow who they follow and watch what they watch. But we also put it every day on YouTube. And I think there's a certain demo, certain ages of people that use YouTube and will gladly subscribe. And then there are people who are probably my primary doc, uh, demographic who don't really use YouTube, but I need those subscriptions. So if you have a Gmail account, you can use the same login and password on Gmail and you can log into YouTube. I need you to subscribe to the KFC Radio YouTube and the Kevin Clancy show. If uh, I need you to subscribe to the KFC radio, YouTube and the Kevin Clancy, YouTube, there's it's KFC barstool, Kevin Clancy. That's going to have one minute, man. That's going to have this podcast. So, you know, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the videos on YouTube. And it just goes such a long way for years. Super producer BC, my brother and producer told me like, you have to tell people to rate and review your podcast, give five stars, leave a review. And I never did it because I was like, it's annoying. It's so annoying. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to do that. Everyone just wants to listen. And if it's going to be successful, it's going to be successful. And then I realized that you can have a wildly good product and people really do love it. But if they don't follow and click and do the right things, it... <sighs> The, the platforms and the algorithms and the metrics, they'll never fucking know. So the only time I'm ever really going to ask anything of you uh, and, and really just do a favor for me, go to YouTube, subscribe to KFC Radio, subscribe to Kevin Clancy, KFC Barstool, the podcast you can subscribe to on the podcast app or in Google Play, just anywhere, you know, I'm putting out content or you see me or my team, we need you to click follow or click subscribe, leave a rating, leave a review. I, I don't think I realized I knew it was important, but I think this year um, is when I realized like just how much if you don't get those views and like click thumbs up, leave the comments, all of these things, you can have a zillion people watching. But if all they do is watch and they don't uh, and they don't actually, you know, click the buttons or or you know join the join the pages, subscribe, whatever the fucking actionable thing is. Uh, it makes it that much harder to grow up and blow up. So do your boy a favor, subscribe on all these channels for me, specifically the YouTube, because that's where we need to be. And let me just say for fucking just, just for my own peace of mind, your boy was on YouTube 10 years ago when he started the podcast. 
People tell me, why are you so late to the game? I wasn't, okay? My original podcast was on fucking YouTube, and I wanted to just continue to grow it there. And they told me to focus on podcasts because podcast was going to be the big thing, which I was okay with because I was all on board of podcasts too. But I said, why not also have a video offering on YouTube? Nope, can't do that. And then they were told no YouTube at all. And I could have been fucking growing these YouTube pages for the last 10 years, but whatever. Business is business. You know, we had these things ebb and flow. We had certain things to focus on. Fine. I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter at all. It's fine. But uh, just no. It would have been up to me. I would have been on YouTube this whole time. My subscription numbers would have been big enough and I wouldn't have to do this fucking internet panhandling. You know how demoralizing it is. I almost, uh, Frankie, we'll get to you in a second, but it's, it is so demoralizing to just sit here and have to ask for it. Because you know, the beauty of Barstool is as we got bigger, the platform got bigger and it was always like, hey, Watch this video and thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people would millions upon people would f- would read and follow and, and click and views. It was always just like when we asked stoolies to do something, they all did it. That's why we dominate the world. That's why we drive every other fucking outlet crazy because our views and our followers and our listeners and everything is just that much bigger than them. And then there's fucking YouTube, the last frontier for Barstool for some reason. It's the easiest one that's been around the longest for everyone else. Everyone else, YouTube subscribers out there, fucking asshole. For us, we ask the stoolies, we ask the listeners, the views on the, the viewers of One Minute Man, all these people who will fuck with us everywhere else. And they're just like, nah, nah, I don't want to do that. And I get it because I, you know, I'm not a huge YouTube user either and I'm not the biggest subscriber either, but I made a point once I learned the importance of it, it's like, all right, I fuck with this guy. I'm going to follow that. I'm going to subscribe. I follow her. I'm going to subscribe. So do your boy a favor. Subscribe. You were, you were making pizzas, delivering pizzas. Like you were just going to work here forever. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Um, you know, it feels like my second home. It feels like my only home. Really. I was here since I was born. Basically. Right. Um, How long has you been in the family? Since 1955. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, of course, like when you were born, would you would you eventually have been the owner? Would it like pass down from you? Would yeah, your dad give it to you and your siblings? Would it have been like split? Would it be? It's interesting. It's um, owning a restaurant is really difficult. So, <laughs> As we've learned for sure this year. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> you know, my dad. I don't know that he. I, I'm sure he wanted me here as much as possible, but mm. I don't know that he really saw a future where this was going to like. He grinds, man, and it's like mm-hmm. he makes enough money. He says to, you know, have a okay house in East Meadow, Long Island, and go on one vacation a year to Pompano Beach in a place that they like. His right. mom has a condo. They're not even really like, it, it's a it's a grind, right? You know, you for what really you put into it, yeah. And I feel like you, you always want more for your kids. You know, you right. always want like I'm going to make it easier for you so you can do something bigger and better. And I feel like. More often than not, a lot of professions, like even doctors, lawyers, people who are famous in the entertainment industry, you're like, no, like I don't want you going into it because it is a grind, because it's, you know, toxic, because of whatever. So, uh, yeah, I can see that very much where it's like we put, you know, blood, sweat, and tears in, and it's a good life, but if you've got a a different opportunity, an easier opportunity, a more whatever opportunity, like go do that. Yeah, it's, uh, and Barstool came out of nowhere. I'm sure we'll get into that. But, like, you know, this was the only option I really was seeing for myself. And would it have been cool to, and I I still think that there's a future where maybe if we can get through all of this, right, and Barstool Fund's been amazing, we can get into that as well. But Mm -hmm. um, maybe I can take it to the next level where it always should have gone, right? Like Uh franchise, open up another one. Like, let's redo it, get get some investors in. For sure. So who knows? Like, in many ways, like, leaving 
this area and going to Barstool and doing something back. has helped. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm sure your father. Yeah. Forget about the Barstool Fund where it directly helped. Right. But just, like, the pictures that were taken and getting to know it and, and like, becoming a little mini celebrity has yeah. probably been huge for it. Uh, it. It's funny, though, that, like, like my dad worked in commercial real estate, and I did, like, some summer jobs as a teenager. My brother, like, went into that industry, though. And then, so I think he expected me to go into it as well, because I was, like, people, I feel like people like us don't really have, like, I don't know, I didn't have any other talents. I didn't have something I was going to do. So I was like, I don't know, I'm just going to take whatever comes my way, kind of. So I was going to be happy to go into, like, the family business of working in commercial real estate. And then I obviously went a different road, route right away. But when it was time for my brother to come over, and my brother had been doing it for, like, 10, 12 years, and, like, my dad had connections and hooked him up right. and all these things. And my brother was, like, nervous to tell him. And then he, he was like, so I think I'm going to go, like, do Barstool with Kevin. And he was like, are you fucking go? Yes, are you fucking kidding me? Like, get the hell right, out of right, here. Right. When we were worried, he was going to be like, oh, I always, I always dreamed of you, you know? Yeah. But for something like this, it's a little different because it's, like, family name and you have a son and maybe you have thoughts of him, like, you know, passing it down. But if it is that much of a, a burden and, like... Dude, it it, weigh, it does weigh on me at times. Like I'm oh, like, like even thinking like you, about right now, like almost getting emotional about it. Like mm -hmm. thinking about, <clears throat> like I'm Frank Joseph Borelli the third. Right. And a Frank Borelli came from Italy with his two brothers, and they fucking gave everything that they had to open up this restaurant. Then my dad grows up and he's meadow. He's here when he's 11 years old. He gives everything he has to this restaurant. Then I'm stepping right in. I was working here since I was 11 years old, 10 years old. I was making sodas in the back, probably illegally. You're not supposed to be working at 10 years uh -huh. old, especially not, like nowadays. I was in the back, like I'm making like big clams. I'm making pizzas. Speaking I'm 12, of, I'm clams, Yeah. And um, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, like Frankie doesn't work here anymore. Like, what's going to happen to the restaurant? You guys are just going to sell it? You going to sell the land? Is, is this going to be a right. deal one day? It's like, is that Frankie's fault? Like that mm -hmm. always gets into the back of my head, but. I always have to look at it on the other side where if I was just working here and I was following my dad's footsteps, we were just going to be in this spot. It was just going to be me and him, which is great. I love it. Yep. I fucking love this place. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's nothing to, like, turn your nose up at. To get another but... opportunity, I needed to go somewhere else. And, like I said, maybe somehow this all this is one big full circle and I come back and I do something and help it out. I, I don't even know if you just, it's, like, come back. I feel like it's just going to be happening alongside right. with where, right. where you take it. That's but, my dream. But, but that, the way that opportunity comes about... Um, it's kind of weird, right? Like you, so were you, you had much like uh, experience with the camera and editing and all that? Nothing. None? Zero. Right, so you, which, I, which is a kind of a common theme that we've seen here. Um, and, I, and I think one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on is A, the emotion that you show. You just <laughs> alluded to it. B, being so like in close with Dave. And C, the... You are the poster child for what's more important at Barstool is knowing Barstool versus knowing After Effects and right. Pro Shop Media, whatever, the, you know what I mean? Like knowing, we could hire a, a cast of camera people, uh, outsiders, you know, and they would come in like, well, we got to shoot it this way. And you'd be like, absolutely not. We got to get it from here because Dave's going to want, you know? So you, you know, you knew that side of things, like being a fan, you know what Barstool is, but you have no experience in this whatever Dude, zero and you uh, decide to go in for an interview to be to be dave's guy to be the uh, pe what, what was it shoot was it a specifically shooting pizza was it being just Dude, dave's it was, guy i mean should i start a little bit before that yeah so I feel like I have something in my notes. you tell me man wherever you want to go um 
I was working at Borelli's, and I went to Nassau Community College, and I was, I didn't know what the fuck I was going to do. Like, what, do you, what am I going to do? We were talking about this. I'm just going to take over the restaurant. Like, I'm just going to be here with my cousins, my sister, the whole thing. We're just going to do this. I'll live in East Meadow, and that's just what I'm going to do. So easy. When you so have easy. something like this, it's like, just so go. Easy. I'm just going to do know? it. <laughs> and I also didn't know, like, the future of what owning a business would be, right? Like, I probably never would have been able to do it if I think about it. Like, it's just so much and whatever. So now I'm sitting there, and, uh, you know, I'm in Nassau, and I took one class. And I think his name was, like, Professor Brown or something. And we had to do some sort of, like, he basically said, you now own a minor league baseball team and market them. <laughs> and, like, that was it, right? So, like, mm-hmm. I had to come up with, like, a team name. I had to make my own logo. I had to come up with, like, a song, a catchy, like, like promotion to get people in there. And I, like, I went, like, crazy with it. Like, I learned how to, like, make like make a logo. I think I told, like, I called them, like, the Charleston Clippers, and I used the song from Sticks, Come Sail Away. Mm-hmm. And I, like, edited a song with, like, a new arena. So how did you even know to do that? I, I looked you it off on YouTube. YouTube, like, right? I mean, YouTube class, is right? the way, yeah. So I'm, like, I'm learning how to do that. And, like, I, I go to class, and the guy's like, what the fuck? Like, everyone else just put it on a, on a PowerPoint. Just, like, yeah. like, little bullet points. And you made, like, a fucking song, a logo, a team, jerseys, home and away, alternate. And this so, is what age? What what year of, know, of school? Maybe, like, like, 19. Was, like, so you're, like, a sophomore, second. freshman yeah. year? Okay. Yeah. I only went for two years. Right. Um, and I just noticed that, like, man, I really like doing shit like that. So I, uh, when I came to Borelli's, uh, and I, this was, I stopped at Nassau, and I was just here forever. I was going to be, deli- I was delivering, I was waitering, I was, I was hosting, I was managing, I was walking around yelling at, like, 50-year-old <laughs> workers, telling them to, like, go home because they didn't have the tie on the correct day. I'm like a 19-year-old fucking... Really? Yeah, because I was trying to run you the You were place. cracking the whip. I was trying to crack yeah, the whip. Yeah, yeah, wow. And, and my vision for the place was to bring it to the new age. Like, I was doing cornhole tournaments in the parking lot. Wow. We'd have, like, 60 people on Mondays, and I was getting craft beer in here because my dad only had, like, Budweiser, Bud Light, and Heineken. So, like, I was calling Blue Point. I was calling all these places. And so you had you had that gene in you a little bit. You had that, yeah, like, business, that, I, that like, uh, like... You're hungry, like you want you you weren't just gonna like all right, I'll just deliver the pizzas or whatever. Like I want to take it bigger and better. I guess so. Yeah. Now that I think about it, like I always thought. Yeah, you did, dude. I, I, I mean, down so do I. I mean, I do that all the time. Now. It's so funny when I do this, I see it in other people, and I'm always like, "What are you talking about? Like yeah. you idiot!" But I can't do it to my. I, yeah. I'm the same way. It's like, no, not me. But if you come in here as like a 19 year old kid, when pretty much everybody else would be like, "Yeah, make the pizza, deliver this shit, and you know, clean up afterwards." But the fact that you were like, no, you have to look the right way because I want the business to grow. And we have to have this beer. I'm going to do new fun. Yes, you got that entrepreneur, business, yeah. aggressive gene in you. place just means so much to me, and I wanted to do my part as much as I could. And I always felt like I didn't do enough, right, because everyone around me worked harder, it felt like. Even though things that I was doing were cool and different, like I wasn't the one going and getting the ingredients. My dad was like... He, lugging it around, lugging doing it, like, the, and the and hard, the grunt work. I like, 4 o'clock, because I like to sleep late. Like, I always felt mm-hmm. like I was just, like, the idiot that was here, so... Well, there's probably a little bit of both. Yeah, it, it probably <laughs> is. And, um, but, you know, I, I started to get really motivated with that stuff, and I'm like, all right, like, Dad, we're going to do this, we're going to do cornhole turns, the whole thing. And I remember being at the restaurant one day, and I was just, like, sitting in the back, just being, like, all my friends are getting, you know, jobs in the city and all this stuff, and my one friend... I was a huge Barcelona fan, like right. diehard. I mean, I met you at a yeah. At I, a I didn't know that game. till like way after the fact. What was that like 2015? Probably yeah. Probably like exactly Jets that. Against, like, the Browns. Jets Browns. Yeah. It was a beautiful day. It was yes. like the first. It was like the home opener, I think. Yes. So that was like a huge. That was the helicopter game. game. Yes. The Josh McCann helicopter game. Yes. Yep. 
And I was a huge fan, man. And I'm like, we got to get these tickets. We're going to go see KFC. We took a picture together. Yep. And it was like the coolest day of my life. Yeah, my people, don't don't forget, Frankie was a KFC guy before, a Dave guy. <laughs> well, yeah, I was a big KFC guy. And I, I was a big, just like barstool guy. Like, I loved, I, I went to sleep watching the rundown. Like, right. that's how I went to sleep. And, and, you know, I, and everyone knew that, my whole friend group. And I'm sitting here at the restaurant one day, and my buddy Robbie sends me a text message. Uh, it, was a, it was a screenshot. And it was basically an email he got back from Erica being like, you've made it to the next round of interviews. Thank you so much. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Honestly, I didn't even really, I was a huge Barca fan, but I didn't really like, the Erica stuff, I saw the, the yep. I saw like the, the, the drop in Times Square and her announcement, yep. but I didn't really know her by name yet. So when I saw that email, I'm like, what is this? Like, what are you doing? And he sent me a tweet that Erica is like, if, if you're in the New York area and you want an interview with Barstool, like, like email me at Nardini, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he did it, got through to the first round. Um, and I was like, and I was like, dude, when was this? He goes, oh, it was like two weeks ago. Like, you missed it. I was like, you, you bitch. Like, how do you not let me know? Right. I'm the biggest Barstool fan. I showed you Barstool. Like, like you're working there now? Like, you have an interview? Like, what the fuck is happening? Pissed and I was off. in the back. I Jealous. was like crying. I'm like, that. Did you cry? I probably cried. Dude, yeah, probably. Honestly. No, you probably like, cried. What the fuck? Yeah. I'm a crier. Yeah, big time. I cried at Jimmy Fallon. That's cried at Jimmy Fallon. Well, it was the theatrics of the. I didn't cry at the idea of Jimmy Fallon, the show. I cried at, like, the theatrics, like the announcer's like coming to you live from New York. It's the Tonight Show, and I was like, <laughs> "It's the most ridiculous story I've ever heard." Oh, I oh. when I first heard that, I was like, "It must have been like a, a 9/11 anniversary episode, no, or like a." Yeah. <laughs> it was fucking. Tonight we've got Chris Evans, yeah. Captain America, and Frankie's yeah. like, <laughs> Jimmy. Ridiculous. Um, and I was just Something's like, wrong so, with you. I was like, what the fuck, man? Like that is such a cool thing. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here in the back, looking at Barcelona on some shitty computer at Borelli's restaurant, and I'm like sitting there, 19, 20 years old, 21, whatever I was. I'm like, God, I want to be able to do that. No, I wasn't 21 at that time. This was like 23, 24. Yeah. I'm like I want to be able to do shit like that. And I took the email from the screenshot. I saw her email that he responded to him, and I just sent my own. Even though mm-hmm. it was like two weeks late, they already got through the process. Wow. And so What if? You know, somehow, what if it was three weeks, four weeks, and, and, and you know, the door, the door was totally closed? Somehow, someway, I got a response being like, this story's awesome. It's all about Pirelli's. And I think I wrote something so ridiculous, like... Um, Getting a job at Barstool would be bananas. Like, I used, like, an inside Barstool word. It's always a fine line between, like, you want to show that you're, yeah. you know, the brand, but you don't want to be, like, the Viva, you know? Uh, but at the time... And like, you're emailing Viva Nardini, guy. or you're emailing, yeah. like, you know... Okay, so you got, like, a reply well, from Erica? they may have actually been, like, interns at yeah, Barstool probably, sports. right? So there was, like, yeah, 30,000 yeah. of these things going Right. On. Long story short, it turns out Brett Merriman saw... Office manager Brett saw my email at the end of the See, day, just somehow is... saw it and responded to my shitty fucking email about like liking bars, yes. being funny, and working I, at the restaurant. What I'm uh, obsessed with, and this, the theme of this series here, is always the serendipity of everybody's story. Like everybody, the timing and the luck involved with getting there. Whatever, whatever it was that you wrote, it would be bananas or yeah. whatever. If if Gaz sees that, if Dave himself saw that, they might be like, this fucking loser, whatever. Yeah, totally. But Brett Merriman is a nice guy. Totally. He's like just a good-hearted dude who's like, this seems like a genuine kid who really wants a shot. I'll put him through. If like anybody else, if Crazy Light Switch Lou read that or anybody else who would have been doing those things, they might have been like, okay, loser, whatever. Oh, you were good, bro. You know, whatever. But he's a good guy. You both are like kind of emotional dudes. Like, yeah. And it works 
And that might be the reason why everything unfolds. Dude. It's crazy. And the stuff that happened after, so I, I get an email from him, and it's like, all right, um, the next step, which my buddy was in, like, the next step is to answer these six questions. And it's like, what's your favorite, like, form of social media, and, like, how would you, like, make it better? And then what's something that we can do for Barstool that will um, enhance our app or, like, the way that we get stuff done? Uh -huh. So I, like, did what I did for that fucking marketing class. I went crazy, right? Like, I, I made, a, I, I searched how to make a video on YouTube on how to replace, I said, how does Millmore make, put the faces on people, right? Yeah. And I remember it was when um, Brady was hurt and Brissette was in, and it was also um, Jimmy G. Like, Jimmy uh -huh. G was hurt, and Tom Brady yes, was hurt, yes, and Brissette yes. was in. And I did a scene from The Godfather where Brissette and Brady were in the room, and Belichick was sitting down there whispering to him, and, like, and, and Brissette walked in, and I had their faces, and it was all set to the thing. So I put that mm -hmm. in. I said... Um, I said the app needs to have like a place where the bloggers are all listening, and then they end up doing that. Notifications need to be set, need to be sent out, and I, I, I made all that, it look yeah. like a Barcelona notification popping up. So I, isn't I, it amazing when you actually use some shit you learn in school, dude? It was like Professor Brown in that minor league, about it that minor league base. Again, the serendipity. If you took a different class that didn't teach you that, 100%, yeah, man. and. That, I got through, and I and I go in, and all right, so now it's a Monday, and we're having a cornhole tournament here. And I get an email, at, like, my interview's the next day, like, classic, like, Brett stuff. Like, you have to come in tomorrow. Right? Mm -hmm. like, what if I wasn't in New York? I didn't know where to go. And we used to deal with that shit all the time. All the time. See, like, you got to be here tomorrow. And they're like, I live in Hawaii. I can't, like, I can't come there. And, um, Remember when they gave a job to Liz, and she was like, I don't live here? Yeah, <laughs> yes. That was insane. Or no, no they, they, she did live here. They're like, yeah, you got the job with Dallas. Go to Florida, uh, Go to California. She was like, yes. I, I live in New York. I'm not planning on moving. Yeah. Oh, we didn't ask you that. Fucking uh, Barstool. And I'm sitting here, and I'm like, all right, guys, I have, a, I have an, an interview tomorrow. Fucking Barstool. And everyone's going crazy for me. And the biggest conversation is, what do you wear mm -hmm. you at Barstool Sports? Do you dress time? it up? Do you, do you dress like a bro? Right. You, do you don't want to like dress like a bro and potentially look sloppy. Yes. But you don't want to look like a suit. I, I often, I don't know what I would have done. I never had to do any of this. This I don't know what I would have done. Too. There was only like 12 of you in the office. Yeah, if right, right. It was, so, it, was, it was New York office, but it was like when that one couple rows of desks were all we needed, and the rest yeah. was just empty space before yeah. we were crammed in there, yeah. And I remember on my way to the office, on my way, and I'm on the Long Island Railroad, and my buddies are all texting me, and, and the Barcel Snapchat was the only form of like live updating that you guys were doing at that point. You weren't mm -hmm. doing like Instagram lives. I don't even right. know if was around. They weren't really live tweeting. So I remember seeing all these kids getting like torched by like Caleb was like messing with them, uh -huh. and like they they couldn't answer his questions. And I'm shitting my pants. I'm legitimately, I'm so nervous. Yeah, you're a nerves guy. Up. You're a nerves guy. My anxiety was through the fucking roof. I yeah. almost turned around. Really? I almost didn't do it. This I never had an interview it. in my life, dude. Right? Yeah. Like ever. Yeah. You're and, young and you and you worked here, so there's no need. Yeah. And I, uh, so my buddies, my stupid asshole friends are like, <laughs> why don't you go get like a beer and crack it open and like give one to Caleb? And I'm like, you sound like such a douche. That's, yeah. And I'm like, but you yeah. know what? I'm doing it. I, I, I was like, I'm going to do it, right? I'm like, I don't know what else to do. I don't fucking know what else to do. I'm freaking out. Everyone else is walking in with shit. They got, they got shirts on, Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. You know, what, you know what's unfair, too, is that whole process, Caleb is making his own content. Yeah. So he's not really, he's interviewing you, but he's not giving you a fair interview. He's like, I'm going to fuck with these guys because I need my video to be funny. I thought that was the interview. Okay, so but, but I feel like he kind of was, but at the same time, he's like, I'm going to fuck with these kids. So you're like, 
uh, well, am I am I getting a fair chance, or am I just the like am I just your puppet? Am I the victim of Caleb's latest? Dude, you know, I was so near, I was shaking. And so I was, you bring a beer to Caleb? Well, no. So listen to this. So I'm wearing a fucking white collared shirt and like and I, slack blue pants. I can picture and it. And brown belt. And you my, looked my, my so feminine young. Forehead was showing. You, and yeah, you had no hat on. You looked. On. He looked. It's like such a little twink. Yeah, you look. You look. I mean, because you. You. You have aged like presidential years. Yeah. You know, when the president comes in four, yeah. eight years later, he just looks like ten thousand years older. You look. You went from like a little baby to at least looking like more your age. So, but back then, with your collar and your, oh my god, you look ridiculous. So, so I get. I look insane. So I, I get out of the train and I'm looking for the office. And it's like West Twenty Seventh Street, wherever it is. And I'm like, I can't find a beer. And there's no, like, for some reason, I couldn't find a place. So I walk into this pizza shop, and it's on the corner of the old office. Mm -hmm. And I don't even think it's there anymore. And And I walk in, and I'm like, looking for a tall boy or something. Dumbest idea ever. (laughs) And who, and and I'm I'm in there, and who do I see? I see Eric Nathan, Nate. Oh, God. The Nate dog. Never met him. Obviously, a huge Barstool fan, right? And I see Nate. I've seen him in all the videos. I've seen him, whatever. Mm, So I go up to the counter, and I say, hey, can I get that guy's lunch? Like, he was ordering. And I said, can I buy that guy's lunch? And the guy's like, yeah, no problem. So I pay for my, I pay for just him. I didn't even get anything. They didn't have beer. I, okay. I, so I just went in and I bought Nate's lunch. He comes like meandering over to me. He's like, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> like, like a classic. Well, why did you do that? Why like, would you pay for like, my lunch? Who are you? And I was like, oh, like I'm a huge fan, man. I'm about to go up and do an interview. And he's like, I, like, I don't, like, why'd you buy my lunch? I'm like, I don't know. I just like thought it'd be like a. Fucking Nate, right? you know? Yeah. <laughs> but fucking Nate starts to interview me. Like what he kind of heard, like Dave and giving you like the tips. So he's like, so like, what do you do? And I was like, I like, I like Barstool. He's like, everyone likes Barstool. Yeah. What do you do? And he's like, and I can see Nate being that guy. Like, I said, I video edit. He goes, video edit on what? I was like, oh, like I can Photoshop. I can like do like Final Cut. He goes, that's what you say. Yeah. Yeah. What else do you do? I said, I'm funny. He goes, everyone's funny. Why are you funny? What do you? Yeah. So, dude, I go upstairs. I do my thing with Caleb. I think I meet Smitty. He hears. He hears I'm an Italian restaurant guy. He's talking me about pasta. Pasta. Things are things are rolling, right? Yeah. And Dave happens to have another interview. Like I could have met with you. I could have met with K Marco or anyone. But Dave somehow like had a second. He's like, all right, I'll take you in. I wasn't supposed to meet with Dave. Wow. Oh, so that's who would have known? Like if I interviewed you, you're like, who's the fuck's this kid? I'm. Yeah. I don't care about pizza. I don't care about whatever. Yeah. So I meet with Dave. And he starts asking me, like, what do you do? And I'm thinking, all right, Nate. Like, Nate said, don't say all these things. Get fucking serious. Specific, yeah. I do Photoshop. And when you start saying words like that to Dave, he's like, oh, this kid. He's the real deal. This. Yeah. I told him about the restaurant. I told him about pizza. And, like, we just hit it off. I left that room feeling so good about myself. And I remember, like, winking at Nate being like, dude, I did it. Like, yeah. thank you. Like, I pointed at him. Like, thank you so much, man. The thank Nate so dog much. responsible for <laughs> all of this, man. It's like, I can't even, That's I can't so funny. even think about how big that was. Because the, <laughs> the next dog. day, the next day, like, day, I get an email from David. It says, my guy. And it's just... I want you to be my guy? Uh, yeah, you're my guy now. And, like, Dave Portnoy sending me wow. an email, dude. So, like, yeah, because you go in just hoping to be, like, an intern. And you get, like, so fast-tracked yeah, to... I would have cleaned the floors. Yeah, right. I would have done, done anything. done anything. Worked the desk, whatever. I wanted to get my foot And you go from that to, like, right-hand man of, of the Godfather. He's like, you're going to be hired full-time, like, no internship. I mean, it was wow. like, he's like, what do you need? Like, money-wise. Yeah, like, I don't oh, think I, I really... Like, oh, like, I make, like... 40 grand at the restaurant. He's like, all right, done. And I, I, thinking back, I'm like, whatever. Fuck. I barely could make it to the city in time because the, yeah. the train passes 40 grand. But then the first couple of years were tough, but I loved getting in there, man. Yeah. And, and I remember being so fucking excited. I was 
So I, I'm in my room and I got that email and I walked downstairs and my parents didn't know any of this was going on. I didn't mm-hmm. know if they knew I was going in for an interview. Right, right. And I walked down and I said, hey guys, I got a job. And like, it was like, what? Like, what, what do you mean? About? Yeah, you do it to Borelli's. And I was like, this <laughs> company, Barstool, like, I'm obsessed with it and I'm, I'm working there now. Like, that's, tomorrow. I don't think, I, I don't think I, I've known of anybody who went right to, to full-time job, except like the OG people. Yeah. But, there's a, there's a real process now because it's a real company where yes. you like kind of pay your well, I dues. I think Dave needed someone 100% committed, yeah. not like those intern hours. Right. And like, that, no, that's said, definitely like, why. But. I also said like I needed to be at the restaurant. Like I kind of like was like, what am I doing here? Like if yeah. I want to be an intern, when can I work at the restaurant? Uh-huh. I didn't know. And he's like, no, like you're mine now. I think you wrote. Like you're like you're no more Borellis. Like and here. so <laughs> begins the weird relationship <laughs> of Portnoy and Borelli. Things got a little strange there for a little bit. <laughs> You're mine. <laughs> oh, well, we know he likes him young. Yeah. Um, that so that that crazy, that's man? so that's like also when he's like kicking off pizza, like he's starting he the done, pizza reviews. David done a couple of reviews, couple of them. and they were mostly what Gaz is still shooting them at that point. Yeah, so he did a couple like Lynn, Massachusetts, and all this stuff. Yeah, and, like he did a couple in Boston. He would do reviews. But the plan for him was always like, I'm going to go to New York. I'm going to do every spot in New York. Yeah, so he, so had, he the, needed. The day he said, like, we're going to hit them all until we hit them all was, like, with Gaz. And it was, like, maybe, like, a couple, like, a week before I right. started. Right, okay. So, so that's what I mean. You basically, minus, I don't know, maybe four or five, you did, like, all City. of the pizza. Yeah, New yeah. York reviews. I mean, wait, we just hit 1,000 recently. Yeah. That's I mean, nuts, yeah. So you, every single day. And you become, you know, I mean, all right, Frankie becomes a catchphrase. Not easily, though. Remember when he tried to fire me? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. So, dude, I'm so... Yeah, I'm so... I'm working at Borelli's Italian Restaurant for my dad, and then yeah. the next week I'm working for Barstool Sports with Dave Porter. Yeah. I didn't know what to do, right? Mm-hmm. And he hired me as his guy. Tell me my schedule... Come right. up with ideas. You're you're, 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 an, you're a cameraman, but you are more of a you're an assistant. Yes. You're like a secretary. You're a travel coordinator, and you have to be like his brain and producer a little bit. It was mostly his brain he wanted, like yeah. an extension of it. Like think like me. Yeah. Like, yeah. Come into my office every single day with ten ideas and just fucking rattle them off. And yeah. I was like, all right, like right. So I'm sitting there. Which is funny because he doesn't do anything that he doesn't come up with, but whatever. Yeah, but like there were times. <laughs> yeah, so the, my first week I went home at like five thirty because like people were leaving. Yeah. I, walking, I can't see that. Do you remember when I walked into his office? Yeah. And I said, all right, I'm gonna go. He goes, where are you going? Yeah. And now I, I remember feeling that hot feeling in the back. Should have been neck. like downstairs to get dinner for like, you. We want anything? And I was like, well, I mean, like I don't know. Everyone's leaving. He's like. And then he did like a classic, like, like go ahead if you yeah, want, like, oh yeah, no oh, yeah. problem, like, go home. <laughs> and I was like, so I sat right back down. I said, yeah, so absolutely. Ten o'clock at night. Yeah. And that was the only time I've ever, 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 I think, like, really upset him at that point. Right. Like, until now, like, I don't think he ever. I, was... I, I think I feel like he. I don't know if he said something to me specifically, but I think I knew that you were like in hot water. I think you, I knew you were in trouble. Did we ever talk about it? I feel like I remember talking to somebody about I it. I think like, you came up to me. And yeah. Like, What's going on? Right. A month went by and I wasn't doing anything. Right. I was like learning how to edit pizza reviews. Right. No more. I feel like we had a conversation. Where I was like, all right, like you're at. I think I, I think I had gotten word that you were like on the chopping block. It was like going to happen like that day almost or something. And I remember feeling, whether it was with you or somebody, I was like, you know, you got to, you got to, like, now's the time to change whatever it is. You know what I mean? So Dave takes me to this, we were at this pizza place called Vezo Thin Crust Pizza. It was either Vezo or Tapo. I remember, I'm pretty sure it was Vezo. the same place, same owner. Yeah. So Vezo, we're sitting there, and there's a little outside area on the right side. 
and he tells me, he sits me down, we're wait, it was when we did a pizza review, we were sitting down, I think they didn't have takeout at the time, so we're sitting at a table, and he's like, um, listen man, like, I think I gotta like, let you go, mm. like, this isn't working, Yeah. and like, hearing that from Dave was like, so I immediately, I'm super emotional, and I get crazy, and I started like, almost tearing up, and I go, uh, like, and I looked down, and I said like, I don't know what I'm gonna do now, and this is the biggest lie like, I've ever told. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do now. I'm like, my dad, like, won't hire me back at the <laughs> restaurant. Like, I, like, gave everything up for this. As if, like, my dad, who's the nicest man in the world, would love to have me come back <laughs> yeah. to the restaurant. Like, Dave doesn't know any of this. Yet. No, of course. I'm like, my dad just, like, won't take like, me I, back. Like, I've been, like, I've been kicked out of the house. Like, the family's, like, disowned me. <laughs> I'm like, you don't know what I did to come here. I'm like, he just hired someone for extra money to, like, run the place because I couldn't. And he's Dave's like relax, like all right. Ah, <laughs> wow. But Dave like felt bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave's That's like, what's funny. Dave, you know, Dave's an asshole, but he does have like a heart he in these in the weirdest heart. spots, you know. Like, and if you find a way, he'll be like, all right, now you all where you can work here for life. <laughs> so he was just like, I'll give you. Like he goes, you just need to be better. Like yeah. start coming with ideas. And I remember the next like week was um, the marathon, the New York the New York State Marathon. And I came up with an idea of like him wearing a marathon bib and an outfit. Yes, yeah, and, and doing like, the yes. Places in so that's because I remember that that sticks out in my mind. That was a really good idea. And I was like Dave, let's and do that this. probably like sealed. Even if you probably like you could have gone right back to being like lazy almost yes. after that. But it, like you did one thing like that that was that good. That's probably all it took to say. That was it. And then yeah. I remember we did something like controversial where like he had he asked me to go film something where he was like yelling at someone on the street or something. I remember yeah. that being right after that. And I did that well. Yeah. Like the phone and I like didn't care that people were bumping into me. Yeah. He was like, all right, now we're rolling. Right. And then right. like we start. Then we. Well, you know what's interesting too is you you were at a at a spot where two important things were happening. One barstool was going from like you said like ten dudes just kind of hanging out to like a company, and Dave always believed. There's that famous rundown of him being like, people across the America want to be Barstool, like boardrooms, like companies want to be like us. So he had always had that vision of like, we're gonna be the real fucking deal, and so that was the beginning of it for him. So whether or not you realize it, you probably came in more with the mentality of like ten guys hanging out, like it's you know a laid back thing. Where Dave was like, it's time to be like a media company. Two, you were at the beginning of like Dave becoming a fucking megastar, which again, he also always had that in his head. Yeah. So like you probably had to very quickly realize like this isn't just like a frat house. I'm not just going to get a beer for the guys and, you know, I have to like do it for real. And I'm working with, yeah. you know, one of the most unique brains of our time, one of the biggest fucking like megalomaniacs ever. Mm. So the, 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 the switch you got to make from being like a pizza guy to I'm now working with you know, a, a person they're gonna write textbooks about. You know, it's a it's a cool it's a big change. It was massive, and he was like, I mean, in one way or another, like my idol in that sense because he was the leader of the thing that I loved. Yeah. And I wanted to make him happy, and I wanted to make the company go the way that he wanted to go. And that's why you became a Patriots fan. <laughs> I didn't become a Patriots fan. Mm -hmm. I partied with the Patriots because I was at the Super Bowl. Sounds like what the Patriots fans Listen, would do, but okay. I did, anyway. I, imagine telling Dave no to anything. Like, Dave <laughs> could have told me to jump off the fucking roof and I would have. You would have. I mean, and that's where, so like, you start, you, like, you're cooking, like he said. Like, the pizza reviews are taking off. He's skyrocketing the app, the views, like, all of it. But with that comes, like, you're Dave's. He, he, you're mine, you know, bitch. like, he, he owns you. Yeah, yeah you're his slave, you're his I mean, bitch. Go film another pizza review, bitch boy. Yeah, like, yeah. That is, that was, that is what I am. Like, but, but, but there's plenty of, like, yeah, there's plenty of people who have 
Like, I'm, I'm that guy's bitch. But with Dave comes a sense of, like, nervousness that comes with it, where it's like, you're, you know, you have to be there till 10 o'clock every night. When you see the phone ring and it's him, you're like, oh, fuck, like, what is it? And Dude, dude, I, that I, just sent shiver down, shiver down my throat. Yes. I mean, that, that, he changed my life in so many good ways. And, and like, also, I'll never be the same. Yes, yeah, so you, like, I lost just, some years of your life off that. And I just yeah. became a different person. Yeah. I don't know how to explain that. Like, eh, you made, like, a man out of you. You went from a boy to a man. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's that <laughs> but, and also, but, like, anxiety. Yes, yes. And like, but not him. It's, like, it's being... It's, it wasn't David did that. It's like it's the lifestyle. It's, it's the, the lifestyle and like how important the shit we were doing was for mm-hmm. the business. Not right. like eating. Not literally, but like world. yes. But like every, so like I've always told this to people that work at Barstool. Like like someone like I don't know like Trent or whatever. They're like whenever you get like a text from Dave or an email from Dave, you fucking get you sit up and you're like holy fuck right. Yeah. Like, this is the boss. Yeah. And I'm like, and and then all of a sudden like maybe he's looking at your work for a second. Like who 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 blogged this or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, everything I do at this company, every day, every piece of work that I do, he looks at, comments on, texts right. me, calls me. Now think about that feeling yeah. you have so every second. That's what's, I have that every second. Right. Me and everybody else, like you like you said, Dave, for whatever reason, is is like he's on a on a on a train for a little bit, so he has he has some time to read the blog, yeah. and then he's like, that's the only time. Dave only looks at his own content. He's not yeah. reading. Like, he's the director of content. He doesn't look at anybody's content. <laughs> but if for some reason he stumbles upon your shit or happens to read it that day and doesn't like something, then he's gonna call you out, and that's and then you go six months without hearing from him again, you know. Yeah. But your your work is his work, and, and your. If the views aren't good that day, it's your fault. If the comments aren't nice that day, it's your fault. So, yeah, that I can imagine the level of, like, anxiety and nerve. But I always say this, too. I, I, like, no secret that me and Dave are, like, diametrically opposed in every way, personality-wise, work-wise. And I always wanted to be, like, I don't have that gene in me to, to be, like, an asshole to, to my employees in a constructive way. Like, yeah. he's not an asshole just be an asshole. He's like, oh. I'm an asshole so that you are on fucking point, and we always get this done. And I'm more, like, laid back, and I feel like people naturally will take advantage of that. Not because they're, like, trying to fuck me over, but it's just, like, they're not... When, when there's a text message, they're like, oh, like, let's see what Kevin has to say. They're not like, oh, fuck, okay, what is it? Right. I gotta be ready right now right. to get this right. shit done. And he, his shit always gets done, right. you know? He, there's never any faltering. There's never any, like, oh, you know what? Oh, I'm sorry, I'll get that next time, you know? It's like, no, you get it done, like, fucking right now. Right. And I started to learn, like, there really is no... Like, if you're going to do business and you're going to do it the right way, you gotta. You can't really be friends. you got to kind of be, like, you're here to do what I say and a healthy level of, like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I think you need. Now, I say a healthy level because I think it goes a little bit beyond that, where I do think the being Dave's guy comes with, like, a lot. You have to be, like, thick-skinned and tough-minded to just, like, keep grinding through that. The thing about Dave is he says that if he likes you, he can get, he yells at you more. Yeah, yeah, so, like, yeah, the yeah. The way that you know that Dave is really comfortable with you and, like, really loves to have you around is that he can rip into you and He'll know just that tomorrow, erupt. tomorrow, like, you're just going to take it and you're going to go. Yeah. And, like, that's happened multiple times with us where I've done something fucking stupid it's like, and I stupid left the wrong thing. stupid fucking moron. Like, brain. Like, yeah. And you know what? You need to be talked like that sometimes. Yeah. And, and I... You know, you know what my favorite is? When the uh, the Stone Cold Steve Austin pizza review was like oh. three minutes and seventeen seconds, and one guy three tweeted fifteen seconds. 15 seconds said, "How how do you not make the Stone Cold video three sixteen? It's like you fucking idiot, Frankie, because you know one guy happened to point it out, and no it's one was thinking of nobody. That. 
and I remember. And we, that's your fault, and you're that, a fucking moron. We recorded that like on the day or something like that, and like I was rushing to get it yeah, out. Yeah, I, I remember didn't that. Even see. Yeah. And it was only 3:15 because we added an intro, so like really, yeah. the, it wasn't even close to 3:16. Right. The intro was a little bit longer. So. <laughs> Dude, that was so bad. But um, but you know, I wouldn't trade the way Dave is for anything no. in the world because one of a, literally one of a kind. There's a reason why I think he's going to go on to. I think he's legitimately going to be a billionaire. I think so too. And you so have to be like a totally different from everybody else because of it, good yeah, and bad. I think about it all the time. Like Dave was worth like what? Like it was like eight million or something like that when I jumped on because he had just made the sale. Like mm-hmm. even if it was, I don't even know how much cash he had. And now, like after working with him for five years, unlimited, it's, like he says, it's, it's infinity. Un- infinity, man. Yeah. Being on that ride with him. It makes, like, sometimes I'll sit in, in bed at night, and I'm still, like, because I moved back with my parents now, because I was in the city, and during corona, I came back, and yeah. I don't want to live in the city anymore. But sometimes I'll be like, dude, I'm, I'm like, still living. I live with like, my parents, and like, my and guy I'm, is. I'm like, no, it's not even that. It's just, like, what did, how did we accomplish huh? this? Like, how good is Dave that, like, well, with a bunch of fucking idiots, yeah. we've gotten this company to where it is now. Like, I'm fucking sitting there playing video games, doing golf stuff, and, like, Somehow he gets us. You're also the poster child for that. Where? But I feel like an asshole. I learned that we do that. No, no, no. Because I learned, basically, because of someone like you. Like, you came in again. Looking at that picture of you when you first came in, it's like we're hiring like a, a child. We're hiring like a fourth grade girl to come work here. Like it looked, it looked ridiculous. And then you, you know, you you pay your dues. You're Dave's bitch, but you. Get this. You learn, like I said, what it takes to be a Barcelona person, what what it takes to shoot it and film it and do all that shit. But then also I learned that like when you give like a regular dude like a little bit of camera time and a little bit of like run with it yourself, and all of a sudden you just start talking about what you like and what you're interested in. Like all of a sudden I was like, oh, Frankie is is a funny. Person, Frankie's a dynamic personality. Frankie, like, like when you come on my show, I'm always like, that's gonna be a big appearance. Like, that's gonna be funny. And that's when, like, even just the way we banter, like, on stool scenes, like, sometimes not even on camera, just the way we're like bullshitting in in the bullpen, talking about the cosmos and shit like that. Where it's like everybody on some level, and some plenty more than others. There are some people who are just like boring. Let's fucking got the personality of this brick wall. But most people have some, you know, unique personality to them. And if you get them in the right setting and you kind of, like, bring it out, I think that's what Barstool does. It's like, as long as you can get through the, the, like, the boot camp of it all, all of a sudden you're way more than just, like, a cameraman. It's like, you know, when, when you get going, man, you're, you're as talented as, you're as entertaining as anybody here. I can't, yeah. Uh, I, I hate when people say <laughs> No, look at him. He's, like, looking down, picking well, his finger. But, when, you like, know, when you well, are ripping. You are, dude, it's so weird to hear you, like, We've known each other for like five years now. Yeah. And like, it's fucking weird still that KFC, the guy who I took a picture with <laughs> in like 2015, and I rushed to make three different trains and two buses, like, is saying that stuff to me. Because I don't think about myself that way. And, it, and I, I think you're like wrong because that's just how my I brain know, works. I, I know. Like, the I know. fact that like we're, it's just. It, Bro, when, like, when it, you it, come it, on, like, when you've done KFC radio appearances, they're like, laugh out loud funny and when I hear you I know that's what's funny though that's what sometimes I look around I'm like why why don't we have any like real competitors why does like everyone at these other places when they do a live stream they get a hundred viewers why do all these guys suck like there's plenty of us out here and I don't know like you played baseball right yeah like when you were on on the team were you like the guy like in the dugout like talking and laughing were there other ones of you or were you like 
the class clown kind of. There's a fucking video that they <clears throat> tweeted of us dancing in the locker yes, room. Yes, yes, I remember that. Marvin that had just so much more juice than me. It was crazy. Really? Marvin yeah. Marvin Kaholic. Shout out to fucking Marvin. Marvin. Shout out that video. It's one of the funniest <laughs> dances. We were doing the Bernie dance. Yeah. He comes in and like starts talking. Yeah. But this, so this, that, that's I, a good example yeah, too, though, because like in my friend group, my high school group, my college group, I was never like the funny guy. I always said that I was like, we all were like huge fans of old school that came out when we were like 18, I think, and like living, like stupid drinking, party, and whatever. And I was always like, I'm like the Mitch Martin of the crew. I'm not yeah. like the Frank the Tank. I'm not like the leader like Vince Vaughn. I was just like the straight guy, but I'm also like a moron too. But I had the like wherewithal to put it together and to like aggregate it and learn. I knew how to write and all that shit. So like maybe Marvin was the bigger clown, right. but Marvin wasn't making the minor league logos and yeah. like and building the business here. And like when you're the right balance of that, when you can get through Dave's boot camp. And then also, when you get a little bit of a leash, like hop on a podcast, and that was pretty funny. And then all of a sudden, that's where like foreplay comes in, where it's like, hey, I, I, I'm grateful to do pizza reviews. I'm good at this. I got a good thing going. But I do have like more to offer. And I, and I think inherently, that's what you always run into when you are like somebody's bitch, when you're someone's like assistant or right-hand man. That's, you know, you're going to hit that ceiling. Yeah. And especially with someone like Dave, where like, you know, he says like, you have to be all about my shit. Yeah. But all of a sudden, you're showing like, Hey, I can make you money and grow this part of the company over here. My value isn't just right. being a cameraman anymore. You know, he, he recognized that. He he was, but I, I was gonna say he was cool with that. It was weird. it was rocky. It was like I still what, feel weird about like it. Like in the beginning, it was kind of like why where the fuck's Frankie? Like where and you know someone else would be like oh he's. You know, he's just in there with foreplay, like recording a podcast. You know, like we almost did like didn't want him to. Years. Yes, right. Frankie was a, like a full-blown third co-host of foreplay for two years, and like nobody said it. No, but Dave didn't know it because we were like, if he finds out, he's going to be in trouble for for like working on a podcast at Dave's company. It's not like it was outside the company or anything. We did a trip once, like on a weekend, and no one could put out. Like yes. We did, a, we did a, a content trip, and no one could put anything out. And then I came back to work Monday. He didn't know nothing. And that video got like, sold and made, made a ton of money. Right. Uh, it's like Pinehurst. He had no idea. It was like a $200,000 like, deal. Like, like, it, it, sometimes it's yeah. infuriating when Dave doesn't like really watch any content, and sometimes it's a blessing. Dude, you can I get away with a lot more shit. still to this day because like, I owe everything I fucking have in my life to, to two people. It's my dad, obviously, and my mom. And then Dave Porter. Like, he had every chance to go with any other person in the world. I, I, I went through that whole story just a couple minutes ago about how I had my interview. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I was a nobody. And he always, always, always just enjoyed having me around. And I thought, I think he, like... Why do you think that is? Tell me what, like, what, what is like the, why do you I think? I don't know, dude. Because you're that dude that I just described. No, no, like, we, Dave is just such a real person, and like, he, but I think you are too. I, I think, think Dave. You know, like, I just know like when to shut up and like. When that's to, what I mean. When I always yell, like, be normal. Yeah, that's. Just, that's what I mean. Just, like, you're normal. You are. You're. You're. You have a dynamic enough personality, but you're normal, meaning you can read. The idea of be normal is like you. You can read the situation you're in. And sometimes that means, like, shut the fuck up because your crazy boss is really pissed off. Yeah. But you know tomorrow morning it's going to be all good, but you just have to take your beating right now. Sometimes it's, like, knowing when to chime in or when to, you know, when to take advantage of the opportunity or wh whatever it is. Like, you can, you're aware. It's, it's self-awareness and it's be normal. And you're just, you're just one of those dudes. Like, whenever I see new people come through, 
I kind of immediately know whether it's like, all right, that's, he's a nice person, that's a nice guy or girl, like, they, they'll, they'll be okay here, but they're not gonna, I'm not gonna be like down with them, yeah. you know? And then there are people who are like, that guy could like, I could, you, if, if Feidelberg got hit by a bus tomorrow, you could slide into KFC Radio and we'd be like, fine, you know what I mean? Like, I could do that with you. I and I think, <laughs> Feidelberg's like, I hope it does. Uh, but like, you, you know, Dave probably sensed that about you, where it's like, you know, he, he, that's why, you know, when, when Smitty was mad about the thing in the shower, he was like, all right, but now I can like never really like be around you anymore or like. I think working with Dave is the only reason I know that. Yeah, he probably, think, yeah. Like, probably, probably, like I wasn't born beat you with, into that. I wasn't born with the idea that like this is how you work around Dave Fortnite. I just like adapted and learned. But, I, you know, you, I think you take this kind of shit for granted, too, though. It's like your dad was a guy who, like, grinded every day. And I think that whether or not he, like, sat you down one day and was like, son, here's how to do it, you had that, like, work ethic and mentality in your brain a little bit. Totally. I mean, yeah, there's... Yeah, I, I've learned everything, I guess, in that aspect from my dad. You see guys like Laredo. Yeah. Laredo, Laredo works here. Frankie said he's made probably over a million... Pizzas. I said, Frank, yeah, how many, like a legit answer. I said, how many pizzas has Laredo made? He's like, I don't know, probably over a million. Not like a million. He just said like an honest answer. Yeah, one million pizzas. Million. And, and whether or not. 55 years every single day. And whether or not you go home and you like sit there at night thinking like, wow, Laredo's like such a hard worker who's made a million pizzas for 55 years. When you're just around it, you, it's like osmosis. You learn it. You yeah. feel it. You don't take it for granted. You're a hard worker. You know, you see like what you put in is what you get out. And all that shit, you know, that's Dave's, like, big fuck, you know, he's got that star photo, uh, piece yeah. of art. What you put in is how big, you, you know, yeah. the star's going to be. Like, you were a Dave guy, you know, probably starting when you were, like, fucking five. And you, right. you don't even realize it. And then you mix in just, like, some natural humor and all that kind of shit. But that's also why you're, you grew to be more than, like, the, the camera guy. Yeah. Because I, because I, I still sometimes just, like, wonder. It's like, I, I just, like, why am I doing the other stuff? Like, just... Just go. Just be Dave's Dave guy. That's, well, that's like. I, I hear you like because there's no like I'm here and like that is what I did and like he like all like he needs a guy like that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. anyone can shoot a fucking pizza review. You just right. hit it, record on a camera. He doesn't care if it's shaky. He doesn't care if it's out of focus. He doesn't care how it's edited. He goes, "Why'd you edit it so much? Just put it out." Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 He just cares about like the times in between, like right. being able to talk to someone about his weekend or yeah. like being it because like. Dave Portnoy travels more being than trustworthy, world being trustworthy, like, being, you know. Like, like, be like a normal person. And sometimes I always feel like, It's crazy how few people can be normal. What am I doing, like, fucking doing this other stuff when I should be, like, this guy is trying to become a billionaire one day. Yeah. I should be there every step of the way. And yeah. Do it. But, but like, I genuinely, like, I, I, it was a crossroads, man. I didn't know, like, like, what is the right decision. I remember, and this is, like, this is, like, real, like, inside stuff. I don't even know if I've ever talked about it, but. Here's the place at, to do it. Yeah, we were at the Kentucky Derby, and I, 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 was, I will always be nervous talking to Dave, no matter how, and that probably yeah. sounds weird for him to listen to that, like, for me to say that, but I'll shake. Oh, he's not going to listen to this. No, I know, but, like, I'll, like, shake. <laughs> dude, I mean, me still. too, though. I, well, I don't know if I shake, but, but like, like it, he is that natural. dude who, like, like. I get so fucking nervous. I'm like, hey, I, I got to go to a wedding this weekend. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to say that, because. For five years, I missed all that stuff. Right. I missed everything. Mm-hmm. I didn't do anything, man. Like, a lot of us did. Yeah, like not 10 years, I didn't take a vacation. Not because like, he didn't let me. No. But because I was afraid of, like, upsetting him or, like, yeah. or, well, like, the, working hard. There also is a, it's like, he he does practice what he preaches. Well, now he's, he's taking a lot of vacations. Right, right. But for a long time, 
he didn't. I so that's where he would do what when you were saying I'm going home at five thirty. He'd go, I'll be here till okay. 10. Yeah, like I didn't, I didn't do that, and I, I don't do that. But they're like, you're not gonna come home for Easter. I'm like. Dave's at the office right now. Yeah, Easter. Dave, Dave doesn't even know what Easter like, is. Dave is at the office. What am I doing here eating food with you, asshole? Like I was so spitting. I'm like, and I get mad, like, dude, like it ruined, like it ruined, like my family, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. everything. Like I, I, I can't even talk to my parents about work anymore because they're like, why? Like that's not normal. Why don't you do this? I'm like, what do you know? What normal? is? I was gonna say, what, okay. what is normal? Well, also, to you? no, it's it's not normal. But you know, what's not normal is making a fucking billion dollars. Billion dollar company. Building a blog yeah, empire. That stupid you know. Pizza review we film is like gets like a billion views every single day from right. all around the world. Like, right. I gotta go do it. Right. Sorry. Well, Grandma, well I I, I've always tonight. said the the, the <laughs> what we do and maybe that maybe the time will come 10, 20, 50, 100 years from now I'll where we're being <laughs> definitely and the cause of death will be Dave Portnoy. Oh, the cause of life right. and death is <laughs> Dave Portnoy. <laughs> Here lies Frankie Morelli, cause of death. Yeah, every night I, te- I type into Google how do you get rid of neck fat and the number one thing is fucking diet and stress. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I can change one thing. The other thing's yeah. never going away. Yeah, so it's I'm only like, getting higher. Be a fucking, I'm like an elephant. <laughs> You gotta just get like liposuction, man. There's no. You see those 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 things where you you go like that. Yes. It's got springs, nah, Dude, man. There was one thing where you just smack it. Uh, you just smack it. So they said like try and get it with your fucking your knuckles. With your knuckles. <laughs> oh man, uh, I mean, you, oh, you, Dave is, is. I remember what I was gonna say, but number one, it's on normal life, but it's something yes. I would never trade in for the fuck. Oh, oh, my 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 thing I was gonna say is. If you were, um, let's say, if somehow you like got a break as a Hollywood actor instead of a blogger or something, or you like made it in music right. or, or a drummer and your band like blew up, we'll talk about pop punk in a second. That's something that your family, your friends, everyone else like knows, understands, and respects. They'd be right. like, "Oh, Frankie can't, Frankie can't be here for Easter. He's filming, right. you know, right. the season finale of his right. show." Blogging. It still feels like a joke to people. Like I used to have this, every every relationship I've ever been in is like, oh, like you can't come because you have to like watch the Mets game, and it's like I know that sounds silly to you, yeah. but it's not. Like oh, you know your podcast, like what you had to do another podcast about porn. Like yeah, yeah I right. did. I made fucking like forty grand right. in an episode. You know what right. I mean? Like it it's not. It doesn't seem. But and I, maybe one day internet personality type jobs. You know yeah, one minute man. It's like yeah, I was talking about. Uh, Odell Beckham taking a shit on a girl today right. like that made a lot of money right. so and maybe one day that will get the respect and maybe your family and friends will eventually understand like oh yeah of course Frankie's not here he's out there you know changing the world right. but at this moment no so everyone's still like the fuck like, yeah it's like it's a what the fuck and, but also it's definitely started to evolve I mean my two biggest fans in the world are my dad and my mom yeah and my dad, well you've got some supportive parents man you've got a really does good does not miss a, and neither does my mom they do not miss a piece of content that's gotten that's made it so much easier for me um especially now that i'm in more content i think that's why the switch happened right Mm -hmm. where it's like in the beginning it was like i'm behind the scenes like oh you don't get it like we just did uh, like a podcast but it was dave's portnoy show and and like we did it with tico texas like i don't even Mm -hmm. know what that means i'm like oh no i was like the biggest day of the year like we did this fucking show we got edp and tico texas they're like Mm -hmm. what are you talking about right now it's like oh i did this golf video with like phil mickelson and they're like, oh, my wow. God, like, we can watch that. Yeah. So that's been a, a big help, but, um, but yeah. But that's why, you know, you said, like, why am I not just doing this shit for Dave? And there would be nothing wrong with, with doing that. There's no, you know, that's an honorable move. But there is a level of, because you're 
as I've said, I'm reiterating myself here, but because you're like a dynamic personality and you do have that hunger and you've shown the I like the ability to like see the big picture or whatever, there's a limit to just what you can do as being Frankie on, yeah. behind the camera. And when you have another talent like golf, another passion like golf, and then there's the opportunity to do that. And by the way, still still contribute to Dave's empire. It's not like you're like, peace, Dave. I'm not like even helping the company anymore. Doing that is like, you got to eventually look out for or, or, or like grow yourself. You know right. what I mean? And, and whether or not you even really like remember it, I remember like down the stretch kind of being like, like there's just only so much satisfaction you get out of the pizza reviews. And I think you were ready for something more. And unfortunately, it's just very hard. Like Dave's not going to, it's not going to be like, oh yeah, you can go do both. Well, no, like so that's something I would do. I'd that. be like, you know, you can you can kind of do both, right. but I feel like Dave's like, I want my guy to do just my well, shit. Dude, that's crazy. Because I, I just before I was saying I haven't really talked about this. I don't even think I got that out. I don't, I don't yeah, know, yeah, yeah. What were you saying? I, I, I don't know. I always do this shit. My brain's just fucked. <laughs> Basically, we're sitting at the Kentucky Derby, and he sat me down, and you know things have been going great at this point. Four years into it, we're at the Kentucky Derby. You just met Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. He was like, you remember that? It was. And it was just oh, a good yeah. moment when Dave does something big like that. He's just like the nicest person in the world, like, right? Especially on trips like that. Like I, I'm, I love being around him on trips because he knows you're away from home. He, like he's gotten like that a lot, dude. Like he's really gotten good at that stuff. Where, like, yeah. He knows like, all right, you're here on the weekend with me in L.A. Like, right. You're going you above know, and beyond. Like you want to yeah. go to the pool and have a drink or something. You know what I mean? Well, like, and that's the other like side that, too. Man. You're going to sports, sports Illustrated model yeah, parties and you're on yeah, private yeah, jets yeah. and shit. Where, you know, but at the same time, it is always, like, around the clock, and he recognizes that, you know, you are going that extra mile for him. So this day, he was, like, super nice and, and, and just, like, really just asking me about, like, how everything's going and all this stuff. And that, like, to me was always, like, holy shit. Whoa. All right, like, yeah. I can't believe we're having this conversation. And I remember getting, because I, I, oh, yeah, because I get super nervous around him. That's what I was bringing up before. And I remember, like, barely getting the words out, being like, hey, man, like, what do you think I should do for my career? Mm -hmm. And I finally just, like, asked him. I'm like, my career. Yeah. Frankie Borelli, like, who wants to have a house and kids. Yeah, I got a, life, a mortgage. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. where do you think I could, like, make the most money and, like, actually have, like, a real life? And he's like, to be honest, like, go, like, the golf stuff, man. Like, he literally said, like, that wow. is, like, that's, he's like, it's doing well. Like, your personality, like, go if you want to go do that. And again, this is after two years of hiding it. It was hiding right? it, yeah. Yeah. Not, he's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, like, I get it. He's, yeah. like, I, he's like, and if that's what you want to do, like, by all means, like, we'll find a replacement. Like, we can figure it out. Like, like we'll when it's all said and done, Dave is always fair about shit. Like, it might our, take a while to get there, or you, you don't think he's going to be, but he's fair about I it. I remember going back to my room and, like, texting Riggs and Trump, being like, he says it's okay, like, let's do this. Now, it was funny because that was... A year after that, we still didn't find anyone. So yeah, I know. Still, you were doing both for a long know, time, yeah, right? So, yeah. yeah. And now we've gotten good with, like, we got Austin and the Spiders filming stuff. And it, anyone can film, film a pizza review. It's just about that bond and, like, and, and knowing what's right. Like, there's certain things where, like, now, like, Spider like, may not get something because he doesn't know yet. Right? That's, like, what was, like, that's what I was saying before is, like, knowing, like, yeah. oh, that dude back there is, like, so actually I the, miss the shot. I that. And, yeah. like, and when, I'm in, when I'm in town, I go do pizza reviews. Like, we just did them in, mm -hmm. in Westchester. I love doing them. And Rudy had the camera on me for stool scenes. He's like, how does it feel to be back in the saddle? And, and I saw a couple people, like, made fun of me for saying this because it's about a grown man. But I'm like, Dave Portnoy is, like, a drug. And as <laughs> weird as that sounds and how, like, dramatic and I was gonna ridiculous say. that sounds, it is, though, dude. Like, being around that feeling of not being able to fuck up. Like, when I'm around my boys or I'm around Riggs and Trent and Lurch, like, 
I can fuck up and like nothing's gonna happen to me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm in charge of my own. You like success. you like the pressure. I I've become obsessed with that feeling. You 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 know you play up to your competition. It's adrenaline. <laughs> it's like all right, like let's fucking go. Like yeah, the pizza yeah. review has to be at. 11.20, we have to have an Uber outside, we have to get the pizza ready, I have to film it, I have to make sure the yeah. audio is good, and yeah. then we gotta get in the car, we gotta go to the next place, he has to be back by three. If you I know what you are? It's over. You're like, like, let's go, let's go, let's go. You're like a soldier who like likes being at war. You know what I mean? Like, you, 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 you come back from you come back from a tour and you're like, I just, it does, this doesn't do it for my me. Civilian life anymore. doesn't do it, yeah. Yes. My family doesn't <laughs> you're, you're, you're like, Brooks was here in fucking Shawshank. Yes, I am. I, <laughs> I can't I really function am. without that pressure. It feels right like but that heart pumping feeling yes. of like holy shit i can't fuck up right now dude and i have brendan my, my golf producer so like i think a little bit of dave has sipped into me like like i have brendan driving to borelli so we can edit on um, like friday nights saturday nights like i, I want to get shit done yeah and that's the dave way yeah but like when i fuck up like we we went and filmed something at a golf course and i took out the card and i snapped it in half by accident it was too cold if I did that in front of Dave, oh my god, I mean, that, imagine. Dude, it, was, it was eight hours of work. Like, we yeah. were out there in the freezing cold, holy and shit. We were filming, droning, and I went to go pull it out and it snapped. And I remember thinking, like, I was Dave, my I would not have a job anymore. Yeah, but I'm out here by myself and it's fine. But I remember but having you wish thing. you had, I, I wanted someone to yell at me, yeah, be like. You are broken. Dude, You're officially broken. If we if like, we had a real HR department, this would probably be a problem. No, I wanted someone to be like, "Are you a fucking idiot? You, Why didn't you go inside when you're?" You are battered. Armor? You are a rescue no, dog. You are a rescue dog, Dude, man. That's how you become a better. It is, like, and that's you know what it is. That's it's how like you it, it's, it's like a coaching tree. It's like a yes. Belichick coaching tree. Like you pass the, that shit down. It's like having a for sure. coach in hockey or yeah. football. Like, right. Know, like, this is your sport. Belichick's like nice to those guys. No, this is this is this is your sport, and this is why. And and I know. Forever, your story is intertwined with Dave, but but there is also just you. There is like, and now like foreplay is your thing. Like Dave, that's not Dave's thing. Dave didn't like even have anything to do with that. That's like you're making your own way with that and your own content. Think about this is a testament to Dave also. Sorry, but Riggs is a very much barstool employee where mm-hmm. he went to fucking Harvard. He had a job, probably making fucking six figures, mm-hmm. doing well in St. Louis and Boston. He was living in Boston. And all of a sudden, he quits, leaves his job. And he's like, Imagine I just want to do this. Like being, yeah. like, you went to Bozo, what? Harvard yeah. University, and you're doing what? You're blogging about, like, politics and, like, who had, like, who looked the best in, like, their yeah. outfit and, like, yeah. weird shit about politics. Like, right, right. Like, and you're trying to get the attention of this blog that has ten workers and it's worth nothing. Like, right. Yeah, he was the ultimate. Like, I'll do it for free. Let me go to England. I'll cover Brexit. Right. And, like, if you like, I guarantee you're gonna like See, it. See, I'm attaching myself. Yeah. To, people to like those people. That. Yeah. Like, you're very much like that. Like with, an I mean, you independent you worker who like shows. Like, there's there's ways. Of, then you have other people that are just so content with just like their job. Yep. Like, I want to make my job. But busy. but this is what I'm saying, dude. And Riggs you, you, does you're, that. You're, Dave does it. You of course owe a lot of that to Dave, but you were doing that for your fucking Nassau Community College class. Yeah. You were doing that. You were doing that for Professor Brown, dude. Yeah. Just because that's that's yeah, whatever. That's his name now. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you have inside of you. Like Dave might bring it out a lot. Barstool yeah. brings it out a lot. But you had that in you from Jump Street. You might maybe just didn't realize it. Yeah. But now, like foreplay and even like pop punk, like that's something that's like a talent that you had. Where you look at like the four people in pop punk, all of them are like like you where it's I mean like PFT you know obviously is like this self-made character that is you know a megastar you have Roan who's like story he was the first behind the blog I did because I was like 
what the fuck are you, man? Like, how did yeah. you do this? You got Bob Fox, who was you at the age of 11. Well, yeah, you know, like making shirts for us and wrestlers and then covering MMA. And you guys all just were like, now we're going to make a fucking band. And what started out as a joke, I want, how much did you, like, I thought it was a joke until I heard some of your music. Did you guys think it was a joke? You guys, so, you guys were like, this is fucking real. Well, dude. Like, it's funny, but you were like, this is not just like we're playing around. My we're going to be a band. big Christmas gift that I remember was I was maybe five years old. Like, everything before that was like, whatever. I, I could have played with a box. A ball, yeah, a ball. Yeah, yeah. I remember they got me, I was like five or six, and they got me a fucking drum set. Which is a crazy move by a parent, by the way. I, like I a tip no of the cap to them, like you're just, just whacking. It's like Ridiculous. loud. It's stupid. So my parents are so laid back. Like they didn't care about any of that stuff. Like, yeah. And like, like to think that they were gonna put me through like drum lessons. Like they're not those types of people. So, right. Like, they just expected me to just bang it and make yeah. noise. Like, yeah. 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 And and I remember just falling in love with it. I did get a drum lesson. How weird is this? I've had a I had a drum teacher for about thirteen years. He'd come every single, like, literally when I was, like, 6 to when I was, like, nine, uh, 16 or whatever. That's not 13 years. Oh, my God. 19. That's 19, yeah. <laughs> literally until I was almost 20, I had this guy come into my house. I never knew his last name. <laughs> What's his first name? Derek. Just Derek. Dude, Derek, Derek the drum teacher. My whole life, known him. He's basically like an uncle. Like, you don't know him, like, right now, gun no to your head, you know his last name. Gun to his head, no idea what his last name is. We used to, remember, like, when, even before, like, like iPhones and stuff, we all had his number written on one sheet of paper, <laughs> a little fucking wrinkly piece of paper. <laughs> and if we lost that paper, I couldn't have a lesson. Like, Derek's gone from existence. Take all the drawers out. Where's the number? We never thought once to write it on another piece of paper. It was always that one. Once we found it, we put it back. Put it right back. And he fucking had no idea. But I fell in love with the drums, and I was really, I mean, and I, like I usually hate talking about like being good at stuff. It makes me feel like I want to throw up. And I, I really yeah. What is it, it about us that like why why are why are people why are we like that? Well, I get embarrassed like. And this is off topic, but like I get embarrassed. I sit at a dinner table with my buddies, and like my friend's a police officer, and my other friend can like code a fucking website for Grubhub, and my other friend can mm-hmm. fucking like feel like inferior and all and that. I'm just like I film pizza, and I fucking work at a pizza place, and I fucking yeah, hit but golf you balls, and don't. I, and I'm like, dude, but like, those guys could never hop on a mic and captivate. Like, you know, at the end of the day, I just don't. Like, I get I, it. I, I understand. Super, super bad about but, it, and like I, I, I don't know. I just it makes me nauseous, and like that. That's that's part of why I think we do what we do too. Like why. I don't know. I go back and forth. I think sometimes I could, I say this all the time on all, all my shows, if I showed a little more confidence, almost a little more arrogance. Like, I'm so, I've been so self-deprecating that I think other people, like, took that on. And we're like, yeah, KFC's just kind of average. And it's like, uh, we're, we're above average, dude. What you're doing is way above average. I sometimes think about, like, not wanting to be more successful because it's almost more embarrassing. <laughs> I know. And that's, like, oh, where we're that. so where fucked like, up. get this next deal that makes us even bigger and, like, just, I, I know, man. I always think of that as an Irish thing, but I guess you Guineas have it too. I'm 50% Irish. Oh, all right, yeah. there it is. You're looking at my yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. I never, I guess I never really put yeah. that together. I just think of Borelli, but yeah, the Irish half of you is very like, just like we suck. Make, I just don't even want to think about yeah. it. Like, when, like this whole thing. It's like I'd rather just be I'm, a failure. People have been watching this. I've been like touching my fingers. Yeah, like, it's weird. About it. I yeah, I know. I know the feeling, and I wish. I think I can uh, again. I can always tell other people like. Like, puff your chest out a little bit. Like, no. let people know. No. And it's like, no, I can't. No. There's, there's certain people for that, and that's like, Dave, but with, become a billionaire. But with drumming, like you said, so like, you knew. I, like, I there knew was that, just, you know, you I got the in, gift. I, I was in New York State, NISMA, in the jazz band. Like, I legitimately playing, like, reading, like, high-level music. I like. I and what age perfect, is this? Like, 
said like 13, 14, okay. like right through everything. 20. Yeah, but yeah. even like when I was like eight and nine, I was like, I was in like elementary school playing with the ninth grade band, mm. like legitimately full drum set, playing with the ninth grade band, like, like playing concerts and said, Oh shit, I was in fifth grade. I was like a prodigy of like, yeah, my little yeah, area. Yeah, yeah, right. And art. So that's undeniable. Was, when, when you see that, when you, when you hear that, when you get the idea, like when you're nine and you're playing with like the 15 year olds, yeah. like you just know. But there was something about just the drums and like I never could really keep a good tempo, but I could read the music and I could play it. And I remember a couple of my buddies were super good drummers also in my school, and it was like a competition, like my buddy Dave and another. And like for some reason, my 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 town had good drummers in it. Weird. And it was a really cool like competition and just like a, a place to grow up playing music. And I remember uh, pop punk started, and I was like, and I was really behind the scenes at that point. Like I was just Dave's guy. I knew all you guys really well. Obviously, it was like two or three years into working there. But I just didn't have the confidence to be like, yo, like, all right, like, Smitty plays the drums, but, like, I, like this I, is, like, uh, something I really care about. Like, I mean, I love knowing, seeing how good you were, I remember thinking, like, this motherfucker almost didn't speak up. Like, you, yeah. I feel like you almost didn't, like, want to be a part of it. And yeah. didn't know what to do. I know. And I was like, yeah. I can kind of <laughs> play the drums. And I remember this him, guy, yeah, I, I can kind of play. And, you know, bah, 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 there's bah, bah. a video of, of us playing it's the most awkward fucking thing of all time it's the first time I ever get on a drum set in front of them and Smitty's standing like, right over me uh, and like I just didn't I almost like laid back because I wanted to stay at his level yeah like, we were going oh yikes and was, oh you did like the whiplash like yeah, we you play I play you play a sling it was, it was a bad scene that's a that's you want to know what's fucked though alright so no we'll get through this so then I was super I finally get into the band and like we start playing and it's a fucking joke band we're playing we're singing songs about uh, the Russian government in a summer song that like mm-hmm. PFT his crazy brain writes these mm-hmm. ridiculous songs and they're funny and they have good beats and they have good feel. I mean, my real girlfriend is like a great bang. song. If Blink One Eighty Two put that out in their prime, it would be like a number one hit. Now you asked me if I thought it was gonna be a joke. I, I always knew that we were gonna be good because we practice and I'd be like, "Holy fuck, guys! Like this we're fucking good. jamming yeah. right now." Yeah. Because PFT he can shred. Went moved to like Austin, I believe, when he was younger to pursue music. Yeah. Moved into a like, house super talented. Like, yeah. With a bunch of musicians and like they were gonna do. And he's Austin. got that weird brain. They were you gonna know? do it. They were gonna write music. They were gonna mm-hmm. try to get a record deal. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. I, mean, I think I that was like, that was um. I think like Hard Factor Pat and all right, those guys exactly, like had something to do yes. with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Roan, obviously. I mean, if you look up an old video of Roan, he's singing like acapella songs, like, and he's which like, is funny too because everyone knows the rap. Right. But all of a sudden, he's doing this like you know that accent with the voice yes. and the and the emo sound and all that. And then you get Robbie Fox, whose brother is an all-time yeah, he, great drummer. He's got all-time great. He's drummer. got just music through his blood. Robbie you Fox know? can tell you the fucking cover art of the 1978 yeah. Rolling Stone. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just yeah. Like, it's perfect. So and then I'm like this guy who's loved the drums, and I knew it was gonna be good. I remember we played at Irving Plaza, our first ever yep. show. We did two practices before it, yep. ever. I remember I came to that, remember we that? Two practices. We, we, we were filming, like, behind the scenes or something yeah, like that. We yeah, came to, we are just like, hey, let's, like, come up with, like, 12 songs, 13 songs, let's just play a concert. And I remember... These motherfuckers sold out Irving Plaza as their first first gig. When that that's most people's pinnacle. That is that's twenty twenty years we get out of the garage, we get to play Irving Plaza and then we die and we consider it a successful band. You guys did that your first gig. So going back to how many feeling, fucking bands hate you? You know how that exact feeling. We had this guy Chris Bandy on. Bandy, yes. I, I called him Brandy in the interview. One of Chris my Bandy. His name's Chris Bandy. He's, 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 he's a, a he's a country artist. Okay. And he was talking about he did um oh my god, what's the place in Nashville where it's like um uh, um, 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 like the, the, the place uh, yeah like Grand Ole Opry, Grand Ole Opry. Mm-hmm. and he was like that's my dream to like 
play that place and like places like Urban Pl- like he's named <laughs> places like that and I was like dude like how much of an asshole are we that we did that? you could probably sell a Grand Old Opry I don't know how big it is but you could probably do a show there like this tomorrow guy which is crazy like, I was living in, in a insane. hotel room with six dudes and I had four dollars in my bank account and we were going from place to place and I finally had one person listen to my song and I'm like dude we just like somehow emailed someone at Irving Pla- Irvin Plaza and we, we sold 1200 tickets and that he's like you're heartbeat. a fucking Asshole. Asshole. I he goes. I he goes. I would never trade the grind because that's what made him what he is. But he's yep. like, that's just insane to me. And I felt really bad about that. Like I know the grind that goes into the music. Mm-hmm. So I've seen it on the other side. Um, <laughs> I remember my friends came to that show and they all thought it was gonna be a joke. They thought we were gonna go up there and make a mockery of ourselves. Like it was supposed no. to be a joke of it. Yeah. And I remember they said like, the the lights came on me and I did this fucking fill so, to start. Yeah. And they're like, wait a minute. And then this is Robin the Fox deal. came in and yeah. they played like fucking uh, What's My Age Again? And they were like, you yeah, you're doing fucking Blink, you were doing Bieber, you were doing all these covers. Faces yeah. off and they're like, it was the, they, they faith or that. It was that? the most fun show they've ever been to. Bro, there's, something happens to all of you, but you when you're on the drums. <laughs> yeah. Actually, at this point, I feel like I used to say to you, like, you become a different person. But I think you've kind of just become that person now. <laughs> I think that, like, you're not, like, the timid Frankie anymore. You're more drummer Frankie 24-7. But when you have the bandana on, hair the hair spiked hair. up, and, like, you're sweating, and you're, fuck, I mean, the face that you get, you're, like, angry at the drums. Oh, I mean, it's it's a whole man. other, like, side of, and I'm sure anyone who, who, who plays live music or sports or whatever, when, like, you're underneath the lights like that, you are a different person. Dude, the feeling but, of being hooked up to the sound system in a venue. It's and like power, right? fucking kick drum <laughs> and being like... Our, That's me, yeah. We were at one of the places. I don't know if it was like Mizzou or something. We were somewhere playing a show. I mean, we sound like a band, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that it was, for some reason they had it all the way up and I felt like fucking Zeus. Like sending vibrations to uh, people's chest. I, I always said if I could play an instrument... If I could be in a band, I'd be a drummer. Oh, I don't want to be the front man. Yeah. I don't want to be the lead guitar. I want to be the drummer. Even if it's a little bit like you lay in the cut, I feel like that, you know, drummer to me is like the coolest shit in the world. And that that party, or that uh, that gig at Irving Plaza, I don't know if we're talking about the same one, but there was yes. the one. Yes. Your family's there. Yes. Your dad's crying. Oh your mom's dancing. Like, it's, it, you know, you, you've gotten to do these kind of like crowning achievement moments that... Whether or not you realize it, like, you're like, yeah, my parents were just, like, laid back. They just, like, got me a, a, a drum set. Like, I got my own kids now. I'll get, if I were to get a drum set for Keegan, I probably would be like, here, like, it's a gift for you. But if the moment I, like, see you start, like, playing well, I'd be right. like, oh, shit. Right. And then, like, they do encourage it. They find Derek. They, right. you know, and then to see. like, you have to do your rules. No, no, but you that's. You have to do your fucking. Well, you that's. Nisma. I just yeah. like, went to Nisma and I got a perfect score, and they're like. Oh, shit. Right, like, yeah. Right, cool. Well, that's because, I mean, you're a fucking talented well, I person, like man. I just, I just fell in. It's you see the matrix on that shit. Yeah, yeah. I could just, I loved, I loved it. And what sucked is I went away from it for a while. But Pup Punk has really, it was one of those things. But like, I would love to, I want to do behind the blog with your father at one point and be like, because you oh, are. It'll be, a, it'll be a, it'll be a puddle. puddle. Yeah, puddle. But, but like the way you're so self-deprecating, I would love to hear from someone who'd be like, yeah, we always knew that he actually like had some extra extra gear. Here. Yeah, I would love to ask him. I'd love. Yeah, go go grab, go grab uh, Frankie Frankie Brelli Senior. You have to talk. <laughs> no, just do like a check. Check, okay. check. One, two, three. <laughs> just, 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 you talk? Good. So okay. So 
I've been talking to your wonderful son here. Yes. And me and him are very similar in the sense that he's so self-deprecating about it all, right? He's just right. like, I don't know why I got, you know, I don't know why they got me the drum set. They, they, they never, like, they never saw anything in me. They just got me a drum set. They, I don't know why I'm on the blog. I don't know why Dave <laughs> chose me, right? You got me going. Right? Here we go. The tears are going. I'm going to start crying. But, like, as a father, did you... Did you know? Like, he's obviously a special right. dude. Like, he's got talent, and there's a, he's a dynamic person. Yeah, with like, yeah. did you guys know that? Was there a point well, we have, in time we have, where you we have three kids? So, you know, my oldest is Kristen. She's she's ten, twelve, ten years older than him, and Jenna's eight years. So, I had experience with the, both of them bringing them up, and we gave them every, every opportunity. Uh, Kristen was a great dancer. We won competitions, mm -hmm. and Jenna loved to play softball and sports, and she went to college to play volleyball. Mm -hmm. So then, when he's his age, you know, it's like. He's hitting golf balls at three years old. I have, a, I have a ball in the basement. I'm hanging it on the wall, making him hit off that. Yeah. And, you know. So it was so clear, now, right? Like, it, yeah. Yeah. And we love music and singing in the family and, you know, all that stuff, karaoke, all that stupid stuff at holidays. I would play a piano in the basement. So because um, my father bought a piano, you know, 50 years ago and said, I'm buying a piano that plays by itself because you guys are going to take lessons. And no one's going to play the piano. So at least I can listen to it. You know what? Do to the piano yeah. plays by itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And just like the keys go. Yeah, yeah. You pedal it back. Right, right. But so you gave him every opportunity, which is amazing. I mean, yeah. that's like the, the blueprint as a, as a father and a, as a yeah. parent. But when, like, did you know that he... Well, are you surprised by the yeah. fact that he's become this podcast host oh, and this drummer and this, you know, or, or is it something that's like, we knew you had that in you, and as long as you, like, pursued it, you were going to be, you know, a star of some kind? Well, we know when he put his mind to something, and, and yeah. I guess all my kids are like that. If they like something, um, they go for it. But, uh, yeah, when he, when he played the drums, like... Most parents like, why would you get your kid drums? That's what I said. He told me he was like, nine years old. I was like, what the yeah. hell were they doing? It's like, it's why like, would you get drums? You're going to be banging it. Yeah, that's like exactly what I said. He picked it up right away. Yeah. Um, and again, my daughter was, Jenna was older, so maybe that helped them out in, in the beginning. And, yeah. Um, we hired somebody, um, what, seven years old, something like what that. What's his name? Do you remember Kurt. his name? No, Kurt. Kurt. Derek. 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 That's Kurt. 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 Derek. Uh, same thing. Like a good German name. Yeah. Kurt. Derek. Very like, German. Hey, look, blonde. Who's brunette? Remember this guy? Yeah. Dirty blonde hair. Uh, what What did you Derek, think? Yes. We, we We opened up talking uh, about um, <laughs> talking about this place and like. Yeah. I'm sure you probably had visions of, of him taking it over or doing what you did, or, or was that ever in your mind? Did you want that well, for him? Was, did you want him to go do something else? Yeah, that was always an option like to fall back on. I mean, Borelli's even for, my, uh, for him, my nephews and nieces and you know, his families that you know, run the place. Um, unfortunately, it's not a career. The restaurant industry is not a career business you want your kids to be in. It's 24-7, mm -hmm. uh, you know, seven days a week. Mm -hmm. uh, the rewards are there you know, but, you know, when the money's coming in, if you could step back. But um, I love what I do. Um, I don't know if, would, if he would like it 100%, but, yeah, it was there, you know, for him to do that, mm -hmm. take the opportunity and run, you know, for the next generation. Right, right. Yeah, so if it was there if you wanted it, but you see right. what he's doing and now. Still and is, you're, you know, you're, you're, I can give him my apron tomorrow. <laughs> see ya. <laughs> what do you think when you see him now, though, uh, no, on the stage or on the mic? Or? Yeah, obviously I'm, I'm proud, you know. You have children, yeah, yeah. as you know. Uh, yeah, and Mike, if Keegan is, you know, half the guy he is, I'd be thrilled. Yeah, so uh, I'm just proud that, you know, the dedication and stuff. Like, you know, even working here, like when you're working for your parents, you're not going to step up as much as you are. But we showed him on the outside when he, you know, started with Barstool. 
he went above and beyond. I guess he sees that, you know, what we do here. Um, That's what I told him. He's like, I, I don't know why I did it. I'm like, I think you had that in you from an early age, probably because of what you saw with yeah, your parents like, you know, and your family. a restaurant, it's like, it just doesn't happen, especially a family place. You have to do it. Like, What's it, se we, 70 years now or something like that? The guy who makes pizzas for lunch called in sick today. His back was killing him, so I'm there. You know, I just yeah. had like 37 pies today. Ooh. Just went out for, for delivery. How many stuff. pies do you think you made in your life? How many pies do you think Laredo's made oh, in his Laredo, life? forget it. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, says, he always says, I made enough pies to go around the world. <laughs> yeah, probably. I believe it, man. Oh, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. delivery today to, like, for 12 bucks. The guy's been running the restaurant for 60 years. But that's and he's like, he's that's, like. That's what you got to do, right? I see him. He goes, I'm going out for delivery. I'm like, oh, is it like a huge one? He goes, no, it's just a pizza and a, a soup. I'm like, for $12.75? Yeah. And he's walking to the person's house and bringing it to him. And just to get that little amount of money. And Every little bit counts. So we deal with all these crazy big money deals yeah. and all that stuff. And I, I yeah, but you know what? When, when it when it that. when it was you know Dave was doing delivering papers right. and and we were doing T-shirts that like you know maybe not not now but for right. a long time it was right. the it, yeah. that's his family business that's right. and I'll, exactly. I'll go take any dollar I can get. You know, going back you know 20, 30 years ago, back in the sixties seventies, they didn't have to deliver back then. Right, People right, it just you. It was right. like automatic. No, that's come pick it up game. once you don't get it. You yeah. Know? Um, nowadays, you know, even like years ago, if somebody complained about something, I remember one time. A customer said, uh, the veal, I don't like the veal. And then my uncle tasted the veal and said, there's nothing wrong with this veal. If you don't like the veal, don't come back. Don't come back. Right, right. right. The guy came up next week and said, I'm sorry, and it came back now. Yeah, give me the veal. I don't like this Yelp reviews, yeah, this and that. Uh -huh. I'm going to threaten you. Yeah, no, I mean, so the game has certainly world. changed, you right? It's changed right. a lot, but... Yeah, I would be, I'm sorry. And he came back next week for his veal. <laughs> I mean, the veal was fine. The veal, the veal was clearly fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's the problem? What's the problem with this? I, I took the leg of veal, I cut it myself. We just got it this morning. Rubbery. Is it rubbery? <laughs> I love it. Well, I mean, you did a hell of a job with this guy. So oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm for, proud, uh, of, uh, proud of him for sure. Yeah. You know? I mean, what's not to be proud of with this guy? Yeah, you know, drums and golf and, you know. Yeah. Did you ever you ever dream of it? You ever think you would? No, be a, no. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's hard to imagine. You know, the just bar. I never th 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 thought there would be something like barstool. Right. For all you guys to have the opportunity. Right. Oh, I, mean, I know. There's opportunities for everything. I know. When they write the book on this whole place, every subject you name it. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah. we're one of a kind. So yeah, it sounds like you guys are too. For people, yeah. yeah. For all those small businesses. businesses. Unbelievable. I mean, even you know, we probably wouldn't be sitting here right now if it wasn't for the barstool fund. Right. And I think when it's all said and done, mm -hmm. I feel like Frankie and Barstool and Borelli's will all be intertwined in some way with yeah. down the line. So, well done, sir. Thank you. You did great. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> so then, perfect. I mean, I can't think of a better way to wrap it up yeah. than hearing from uh, the first Frankie Borelli or the second. You're the third. Third. It's one, yeah. two, three. Frankie so third. Frankie yeah. Borelli, Wait, two. Uh, can they? Even, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Every time with like whenever we get mail to our house, it's a it's a nightmare because Frank Borelli and I'm Frank Borelli and like everything's my mixed and matched. Yeah. Like, how do you not like know a mail? It's like you're both the same name, same exact name. Drives me crazy. Yeah. I love it. Well, both Frankie Borellis seem yeah. to be uh, two. You guys are are both great examples of how to like run a business, get work done, you know, accomplish what you know nobody else can accomplish. So, good on both of you. Proud of you, man. And the food is unbelievable. <laughs> These clams. Oh my god. We got the stuffed egg clams over here. Yeah, right? oh, yeah. Do you? Oh, that's fine. Yeah, I can reheat that. 